Angela, unless you change the treaty, if you let uh, us uh, uh, sodomize farm animals. Adam Curry, John C. Devorah. It's Thursday, December 8, 2011. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination Episode 363. This is No Agenda. Watching C-SPAN so you don't have to here at Camp Mofo in Austin, Texas, the capital of the Lone Star State. In the morning, everybody, I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where for some unknown reason at this weird hour, the fog rolled in, I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Craig Vaughn Buzzkill. In the morning. And by fog, I don't mean your uh, singing voice. <laughs> Mel Torme. Yes. Oh, I, I do a pretty good Mel Torme. Actually, people always say I sound like Eric Burden. <laughs> really want to hear my Eric Burden? Want to hear? Oh, yeah. There is a house. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. In New Orleans. Yeah, they yeah. call yeah, the it. rising it. Right. sun. Nailed it. Nailed, it. <laughs> Nailed it, right? That's actually my Obama doing Eric Burden. <laughs> Hello, everybody. There's a house. The rise. You got, so. you got that far. Yeah. In the morning, too. You could too, probably yeah. do that. I think you maybe could take the <laughs> lyrics from the uh, House of the Rising Sun. And do an Obama. And do Obama over it. See how far you get. Kind of like a, a Bill Shatner type of vibe? Yeah, totally. Hello, everybody. There is a house uh, uh, in New Orleans, Texas, Kansas. Whatever. You got, you got that far. I'm just hanging in there. <laughs> I forgot the lyrics. Oh, well, uh, you can always look them up on the inner tubes. Yeah. In the morning to you, Jean-Claude. In the morning to you, Adam Curry, and in the morning to all the ships at sea, foots on the ground, and feet in the air, and everything in between. Yes, and of course, to all of the human resources in the chat room, all lined up, ready to go, charged. Just the way your government loves you, they're at uh, noagendastream.com, noagendachat.net. This is another uh, episode of the award-winning podcast the best podcast in the universe it is the no agenda show and uh, i got up early this morning uh, to well there's a lot going on today john there is a lot going on we have yeah in, really? uh, in the united states of europe we have the big do or die meeting that's tomorrow isn't it no that's today brother it starts today starts today. oh there's another thing there's some there's also the holder hearing is going the on the holder today. hearing which i've been watching this morning we also have uh uh corzine testifying about uh, which we kind of expect him to uh, take the fifth on everything so as not to incriminate his guilty self. Uh, the Holder thing, uh, of course, I'm very excited about. Uh, the setup was beautiful this morning. Uh, they, they went on recess for like uh, half an hour to do some, I don't know, some annoying thing like vote. So they just came back, and now Sheila Jackson. He's like, oh. oh Sheila <laughs> Jackson. <What a laughs> Very annoying. Horrible person. But ISA, uh, it was a beautiful setup. Yesterday, the news came out. CBS uh, came out with this news. And uh, ISA started off this morning, which I clipped for our pleasure with this little ditty. Recognized for an opening statement. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. And I'd first like to ask unanimous consent that the following document be placed in the record. Uh, December 7th, article by Cheryl Atkinson entitled Documents ATF Used Fast and Furious to Make Case for Gun Regulations. <laughs> So CBS News um, has emails, which they've now published, that uh, literally show that uh, exactly what we talked about, that uh, ATF used the gun walking program to make a case for regulation of guns in these United States of Gitmo Nation. 
Curiously, we kind of spotted that as a uh, potential scam and yes. predicted it. Yes, we did. Uh, now, also, questions should arise today about um, uh, about the uh, the ATF laundering drug money. Yeah, <laughs> it's, all just, it's all just—it's all out in the open now. No, it's all out in the open now. And ISA is on the war path, man. He's—he is so ready to rock and roll it. You can just see he's like peeing his pants. What we need, of course, is a Democrat to uh, uh, to start attacking the. Uh, they call him the general, by the way. They don't call him attorney general. They uh, in these in these hearings, they say uh, a general holder, which sounds so wrong for a lawyer. That is wrong. For, I never noticed that. Oh ah, yeah, it's the whole morning. Um, but he was so. Of course, uh, there, was, there was really nothing going on this morning uh, except. Uh, <laughs> The definition of lying to Congress. That was kind of a funny bit that I clipped for us here. Or hinted at. Uh, nobody in the Justice Department has lied. Nobody Why was the letter withdrawn? The letter was withdrawn because there's information in there that was um, inaccurate. The Justice Department letter of February... Okay, well, tell, tell me what's the difference between lying and misleading Congress <laughs> in this context. Well, it, uh, if you want to have this legal art, uh, conversation, it all has to do with your state of mind. <laughs> What's your state of mind, baby? That's all. That's how it works, baby. State of mind. It's just your state of mind. Whether or not you had the requisite intent Intent. to come up with something that can be considered perjury or a lie. The information that was provided in that February 4th letter was gleaned by the people who drafted the letter after they interacted with people who they thought were in the best position. That's a great statement. I've got to hear that again. The information in that letter was gleaned after the people who made the statement to interact with that people. Who they thought were in the best position well, to have the information. <laughs> the guy's such a liar. <laughs> Isa also asked, I didn't clip it, but Isa also asked uh, if, he, if he should be sworn in. There was like a parliamentary inquiry immediately. Well, no, when you're testifying before Congress, it's the same as being testifying under oath. Yet, you know, so they don't make the guy, uh, they don't swear him in, which is weird, I think. I, th- I thought they did. No, no, no. There was a whole thing this morning. Hmm. ISA started off. He handed in the documents. I thought I'd seen people being sworn in. Well, you know, for some reason, uh, parliamentary rules say that if you're testifying before Congress, it is exactly the same as testifying under oath, even if you're not being sworn in. Well, we'll see. Yeah. I, I, it sounds like a scam to me. Big scam. Well, yes. whatever. Anyway, so it's a, it's an exciting day. Corzine shall be funny. Corzine will be good for the big laughs. Yeah, because of course he, was, he may just shut up you know, if he's smart. Well, no, he's going to take. He's going to plead the fifth. You know, I don't think. So, for those of you who don't know, we have a Fifth Amendment here in the United States of Gitmo, uh, where you don't have to testify uh, at all by taking the fifth uh, if your your testimony were possibly to incriminate you. Uh, so you don't have to do that. So it may be a very short hearing. Uh, but yeah, you know, it's now it's now you know pretty much known that the financial advisor to the president, a bundler for the president, i.e., he he collected. Uh, oh, they said bungler. <laughs> maybe that too. I think he's a bungler. He was a bun. He's the 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 hamburglar, the hamburglar for the president. Um, basically, stole like a billion dollars from people's accounts. And uh, and so far, the government's like, eh, well, you know, we'll, we'll figure it out. Don't worry about it. These like farmers and stuff who were, you know, who had money in accounts for futures contracts for cattle. And he just took it. <laughs> and the authorities go, eh, it's OK. He's a bungler. Don't worry about it. 
it's all going to be good. Right? Yeah, it's a winner. Yeah. But the Europe thing, uh, we'll get into that later. That's, well, that's fascinating to me. I think the top news item is the one about the uh, this, this idiotic bill that takes the Fourth Amendment and flushes it down the toilet. Oh, you mean the uh, National Defense Authorization Act? Yeah, it's got that one provision in it. And the one that I, I do have, a, if you want to play something humorous. Yeah, of course, of, of course, yeah. I do have the John Stewart. Uh, that's take long, on it. though. That's real. That's like eight minutes. Oh, is that the long? No, no, I don't have the eight. The eight minute one is for after the show. Which one do I have here? Let me look at the. Because I saw the John Stewart thing. And, you know, but it's John Stewart. I don't think people need I, to I hear John Stewart over again. Do we really no, have to listen to John? End, that's, no, that's the end of the show. Well, maybe that's. Oh, that I don't is even the end see it. Here. Never mind. I can't play it. I don't even see it. It says end of show clip on the defense bill fiasco. Okay. And we can play it at the end of the show if you want. Yeah, that's why I have it here. It yeah. says end of the show yeah. clip. <laughs> so let's not play it now then. It's not a good well, idea. Well, I can say something though. Okay. John McCain is an unbelievable douchebag. <laughs> Hold on a second. Let me just uh, let me accentuate that. You know, I have um, there's a couple of things about this uh, NDAA. The first one, there's another little thing that crept in there. Uh, besides the fact that, uh, you know, if you're a belligerent, i.e. a grumpy old man, and you support Al-Qaeda with your foam... Get off my lawn, kids! <laughs> with your foam, we're number one finger. Um, the National Defense Authorization Act includes a provision to repeal Article 125 of the Uniform Code of Military Justice. Now, you know, you kind of gloss over that, you know, especially when you're trying not to be too belligerent. Uh, are you familiar with Article 125 of the... I'm going to be shortly. Mm -hmm. Article 125 of the Uniform Code of Military Justice makes it illegal to engage in both sodomy with humans and with animals. So what? Wait, well, hold on a second. I'm not kidding. This has been repealed? <laughs> well, it's in the bill, yeah. They want to yeah, repeal Yeah, here's the way it works. Okay, here's what we're going to do. We're your Fourth Amendment rights, but you're going to be able to fuck shit. <laughs> What kind, of, what kind of thinking is this? It's quid pro quo, baby. What's your problem? This is a good deal. Unbelievable. How crazy is that? <laughs> That's just nuts. Wow. I, I, I don't understand. <laughs> Sex with animals. <laughs> Hey man, look. That's a good catch. Yeah. Hey man, look. I'll give you credit for having the fine tooth comb on that one. This is, I'm telling you, man. We 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 got. If you're if you're Al Qaeda, if if you got a foam finger, or if you're grumpy, we're gonna lock you up. However, however, my friend, here's what I got for you. Look at look at my coat. I got some sex with farm animals for you. Unbelievable. And then there's this thing going around, which uh, I think I actually heard it on. Uh, Alex Jones, and usually he has some documentation to back it up. Um, what what was that you just said? Yeah, usually what? Usually, usually, <laughs> usually, Alex, really, usually. Well, this case is very interesting. KBR uh, has released a document which calls for subcontractors. So this got leaked out that uh, are to supply various functions to the FEMA camps, including temporary fencing and barricades, catering services. Medical and laundry services, power generation, refuse collection, and other services. Uh, they are expected to be able to activate their parts of the camps uh, within 72 hours after an order. These are the camps that uh, you don't believe exist. They don't. Okay. Well, the document is here. What, where's this document come from? 
from uh, KBR. It's a PDF. KBR establishing a national quick response team for our current Federal Emergency Management Agency and U.S. Army Corps of Engineer work for anticipated future contracts. I'm looking at the document right now. You're looking at now this document. This what's is KBR. KBR. Yeah, what's KBR? Uh, uh, Kunta Kinte Brown and Root. You know, the, it's a big contractor. Oh, it's a, it's a it's a business Kel- consulting firm. Kellogg Brown and Root. No, they're huge. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah. big. They're yeah. huge. They're part of uh, uh, yeah. that group that took all the money out of Iraq. Yeah, those guys. <laughs> yeah, those guys. Halliburton uh, Company. Yeah, I think it is a Halliburton subsidiary. Anyway, so I just thought that was kind of interesting. It seems like, uh, yeah, the personal... Uh, so you have this in the show notes? Yes, of course I do. I'll have to look that over yeah. later. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But... Um, that is, you know, the, you know, um, I got a lot of email about the bullying stuff. I got a bullying clip. Ooh, let's set it up with that because I've looked into this a little further. And um, well, this is on ABC, so we know it's a uh, one of the uh, conduits for yes, some White and, House stuff. And that's because the uh, news director, the president of news at ABC's uh, sister, is a personal and a high level advisor to the president. And uh, and Stephanopoulos is one of the main anchors uh, of White House shill. And then this is a promotion for the anti-bullying initiatives, and you'll probably discuss. But also, while we're at it, we might as well push Lady Gaga. Of course, why and not? Make yeah. some money for her because there's money in it for all of us. The most recent numbers on bullying are staggering. 160,000 children stay home from school every day to avoid bullies. One in 14 are to say they're victims, and one of America's most popular singers has become a powerful voice on their behalf. Powerful. And today, Lady Gaga took their cause to the top. Here's ABC's Lindsay Davis on Gaga at the White House. Gaga at the White House. At 13 years old and alone at 4 a.m., Jonah Mowry went public with his darkest thoughts. I'm gay. More than 5 million people have watched his video where he uses note cards to express the anguish of being bullied and thoughts of suicide. Since he posted it, support has poured in from everyday people and celebrities alike. Pop star Lady Gaga tweeted, Thank you, Jonah, for being brave enough to share your story. Today, Lady Gaga took that message to the White House, meeting with top staff to the president to press the importance of this crisis and seek help for the nation's kids. Gaga began her fight. Hi, this is Jamie. After 14-year-old Jamie Rodemeyer gave up his. Lady Gaga. One of his last messages offered thanks to Lady Gaga. She lets me know that I was born this way. When he later took his life, after being bullied for being gay, Lady Gaga tweeted, The past days I've spent reflecting, crying, and yelling. Now she's giving voice to bullied children through her charity. It's an an organization centered around anti-bullying, and my mom and I are really passionate about that. This is our passion project. But beyond adults' efforts, bullied teens are also supporting one another online. Why so many kids are, are really using the Internet as their personal diary? You know, to pour your heart out uh, on the Internet is a way to sometimes ask for the support that you need and, as Jonah found, to get the support that you need. And now these children have a star on their side, bringing their stories all the way to the White House. Lindsay Davis, ABC. Wow. Exactly one minute and 47 seconds of my life never to return again. So here's an angle on this. Two things. First of all, I received emails, uh, including one from a lawyer, 
lawyer Robert, I think. And uh, this really angry, you know, like calling me names, bullying me, actually. Uh, bullying you? Yeah, bullying me, saying, you know, the Internet is, uh, you know, it uh, magnifies this stuff. You don't know how horrible it is. Now, a couple of things I want to say. First of all, parents who are angry about this uh, Internet bullying and Facebook bullying, even bullying in the classroom, are actually, it's their own baggage. They're angry because they have not taught their children how to uh, strike back, to have a, a vocabulary or a pen poisonous enough to take care of business. So it's their own anger that they're letting out there. Secondly, the um, hypocrisy, whereas it's, oh, by the way, when is when, so we now have laws, right? We have a law in uh, Massachusetts, the anti-bullying law. You cannot bully. You can go to jail, and I'll get to that story in a minute. So where does this end? Uh, is it okay to bully someone who's no longer a teenager? Is it, is it 13, 14, 15, 16, 17? So what age is it okay? And the hypocrisy of everyone on the Internet bullying teenage pop stars who apparently have some superpowers and uh, are okay with bullying because they're bullied all the time. Go look at Star Magazine, National Enquirer, who has cellulite, who, whose boobs are off, who's, who looks ugly. Everyone participates in that, but that's just funny because they're celebrities. So it's it's a, a hypocrisy, and it's ridiculous. And you know, seriously, I mean, then, yeah, yeah, go on. You're on a talk, roll. talk show host. Make sure politi- to pay the pet peeve thing when you're. Yeah, doing. I will. Talk show host, politicians. Everyone should go to jail if you make fun of uh, of a teen star. Just because they're a star doesn't mean that the that the laws don't apply all of a sudden. Okay. Yeah, Justin Bieber looks like yeah. a lesbian. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's all really funny. And David Letterman can do it. John Stewart can do it. Uh, Jay Leno can do it. The president actually bullied the Jonas Brothers by threatening them with a drone attack. This is an outrage. He is bullying the Jonas Brothers, some of who are teenagers. So it's, you're all hypocrites. So I'm watching, uh, this is really bothering me, this bullying stuff, because it's everywhere. I can tell. Oh, no, it gets worse. Oh, okay. So um, Pierce Morgan has an hour long, has uh, Phoebe Prince's mother on. Now, Phoebe Prince hung herself in uh, January of 2010, after being bullied at school, hung herself. Horrible. And uh, Pierce has this mother on who is uh, clearly just, you know, she's uh, Irish of origin, and she's crying. You know, there's nothing coming out of her. Then he brings the, uh, uh, the district attorney in who prosecuted and got these laws in place, which uh, Governor Rick Snyder has uh, put into place. The anti-bullying laws. And so I'm watching this for a full hour, John. A full hour. The, the Two things. They never said, they never really explicitly stated what was said, what these horrible bullying things were, or what was posted on Facebook or whatever. Never said that. And the interesting thing is, every single commercial was a pharmaceutical ad. Yeah. And just on a hunch, I look up, what really happened to this Phoebe Prince? Uh, turns out she came to America after her father and mother separated. She was in distress in 2008, and she was put on Prozac. She, uh, cont- she was severely disturbed. She was cutting herself. She uh, uh, broke up with a boyfriend and then tried to swallow an entire bottle of Prozac. After that, she was put on... Um, Syroquel, 
and uh, put into the hospital because she was so disturbed. None of this came up in this interview, by the way. Not, not a single thing. And then this poor girl commits suicide. She's a beautiful young girl. You know, they, they called her a whore or whatever they called her. And then you go look at this uh, district attorney, Elizabeth Scheibel, who has since stepped down. She's no longer a district attorney for the Northwestern District. But when she was, she um, had to disclose her holdings. And she's got a lot of interesting stock holdings like Acura Pharmaceuticals and other companies like this. What is happening, I believe, John, is that teenagers, and in 2004, the FDA already said, you know, these antidepressants can cause kids to commit suicide. In fact, it's on every single label. This antidepressant can actually make you so depressed that you're going to commit suicide. I think what's happening here is a cover-up by the pharmaceutical industry because they are the ones responsible. Their drugs are making these kids nuts. And who knows what, uh, what uh, uh, Ritalin and all these other drugs are doing. Kids are killing themselves because they're drugged out. And to cover it all up, we're going to have this big bullying thing. And, oh, you can't bully. We're going to have laws against bullying. Because, God forbid, we find out the ugly truth that our drugged up kids are going nutso because of the drugs that we put them on. And now I'll play it. I don't see Curry's pet peeve of the day. Well, that was better than a pet peeve. And by the way, criticizing that clip for wasting 1.8 minutes of your life <laughs> doesn't do. compare to you watching Pierce Morgan through the whole hour. <laughs> I know. I mean, well, that, that part, of, I'm going to go to hell for watching that. That but guy, I, by the way, I haven't got any clips on this, but that guy's name, I've been watching the, uh, the hearings, and these are hard to clip. It's fresh. The hearings going on in Great Britain over the uh, phone hacking scandal, and they have yeah. all these editors. They the all worked for Pierce Morgan. There was a moment where... Uh, oh, no, this guy, he, ra- he ran away. He ran away from England because he knew this was going to come out. He wanted to be safe, so he can't get extradited. He was the guy who, in fact, they had some big... <laughs> this guy, I should just... I wish you could see this, but this guy, one of these uh, editors, he holds up... He, says, he has a big binder of clippings that he's so proud of, and he holds up this thing. It's got a picture of uh, Sarkozy's wife naked. <laughs> hey, don't and he we holds all? us up, and the guy, the guy doing the questions, you maybe should put that down because we're, we're on camera. He says, "Well," and he puts it down, and then he holds it up again and says, "We got this picture of Sarkozy's wife." Yeah, and he's holding it up, and he puts it down. So, so where'd you get the picture? He says, "We stole it." <laughs> and. And so he says we we nicked it, as he said. We nicked it. He says, it. well, we, 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 we found this it. old, uh, some guy who was a fashion photographer, very unknown guy. We found mm-hmm. him, and he had his cache of photos, and we went over and visited him, and it stole the f- picture without paying him. He made a big joke about it. He, and it was Pierce Morgan that told him to do it, and that that redheaded Rebecca, Rebecca. woman says, I don't think you should be stealing stuff. And Morgan says, go ahead. We need the story. Oh, no. Pierce Morgan is a total douchebag. He is so happy. To, he is so happy to be here because he knows that if he was in London, in England, he would be so under the gun. This guy is directly responsible for a lot of, you know, I went to uh, the screws, as, as we call them, the news of, news of the world. Uh, we were actually, remember Mevio had a deal with um, the sun? Yeah. And yeah, you do some news of the world thing. In there uh, news of the world. I'm sorry. Son. News of the world. Yeah. We, uh, we were doing a video for news of the world yeah. and I would go to Wapping where their headquarters are, which was like a high uh, security prison 
just to get in, you have like turnstiles, wow. gates, guards. Well, that was so competitive. I they they were selling that thing at five million copies a weekend, mm-hmm. and they were paying people. He said there was not, not unusual to pay people ten thousand dollars for a tip. Like we're late during the Lady Diana period in the nineties. He says it was common to be doling out. Three to ten thousand dollars to people. If you could tell us that Lady Diana is going to be arriving at some airport in Finland, if you yeah. gave us enough of advance notice, ten grand right the, in your uh, pocket. The screws offered Christina. It was a while for like a brief while. Luckily, she was hanging out with uh, Peaches Geldof. You know Bob yeah. Geldof's uh, drugged out daughter, and uh, glad that didn't last long. Uh, they offered her tens of thousands of dollars to take take pictures and get send them to him, which she never did. But wow, I mean, it, it was tempting. I was like, "Move over, kid. Shut up. Yeah. Let me take <laughs> the picture. Up. Take this camera. And learn how to use it. <laughs> yeah. Take this pen and just slip it into your pocket. It's okay. Don't worry about it. It's all good." So um, no, they had a big budget for this sort of thing. So they had they had the good stuff. But you know they were so glib about it. It's pretty funny. I yeah. it's just I've been listening to this for for a while. But again, but I, Pierce I, Morgan's name comes up over and over again. The yeah. guy is really a, not a is a, is a bad actor. But again, I go back to how this is such a huge deal. Whereas you know the British public, no one's outraged about the cameras on every single street corner, about the government snooping their phones, their emails. About they have cameras in trash cans. No one's no one's upset about that. No, it's the government. It's good for you. But oh, when it's about a celebrity like Hugh Grant oh, or Pippa, then oh, this is horrible. Oh. Yeah, and then they read it, of course. Yeah, then of, then of course it's important because they're all stupid, uh, hypnotized slaves. Unlike the people who uh, listen to and support the best podcast in the universe. Yeah, well, we do our part. Now, I have a couple of things. We have, I want to get on and name our uh, producers for today's show. We, we have a good number. We do have one anomaly, yeah, which I, I'm I looking that, into. I believe it's, uh, this I think has happened before the, the when we download the, uh, the numbers from PayPal, sometimes when somebody writes too much, I think those things get, I don't think they can, they, I think that record is, is not, doesn't show up in the download, but I, I, I'll go back and look into the files themselves but but our night in tokyo yes sir mark sir mark uh would you know you hung out with him and so are Uh, we not are we not going to credit him i mean i give him the total benefit of the doubt oh no yeah there's no doubt about it i I, and i actually think it's in there because i think eric turned this information up some time ago that it it, and some download some things disappear but it's still in the you still the money was actually still received and, and is counted. But I'll, obviously I'm going to check because uh, he comes in with a uh, uh, actually for in, on behalf of Dame Astrid, a uh, $500 contribution becoming the executive producer for the show. But he also has a nice note. Um, we've been working for the last 20 months on our biggest project to date in central Tokyo. These are the two for people out there who are not familiar with uh uh, Sir Mark and oh, Dave Astor. These are architects. two major, major league architects. And they work in uh, Asia. We've been working the last 20 months on our biggest project to date in central Tokyo. Not an embassy, but op- but opposite one. Definitely as large as one. Fully open to the public. The whole complex comprises eight buildings, three of which form one of the biggest bookstores in Japan. <laughs> yes, our client believes in books. I think he knows something that we are just realizing, thanks to you guys, that books may be become important again sooner than we think. <laughs> hey, that book thing, there might be something to it. You know, I there's 
JC, uh, Buzzkill Jr., and others have noticed that uh, when the more they use the Kindle, the more books they end up buying. It's true. It's absolutely true. So, why do you, I mean, why do you think is, I started the big book show, man? I, I'm, uh, I'm Nostradamus. Well, you might be because I have a clip that might indicate such that we'll play later. I uh, want to donate this producership to Dame Astrid, my business Aww. partner, as her leadership in the project was incredible. I simply put, the project would not have been possible without her. We work as a team on our projects. She really pulled out the stops, and she uh, he was complimentary. Says she should be proud. It was fitting, and no doubt because of the karma you send the East that only Japanese Prime Minister we felt that had any substance in the twenty years we have been here was there at the opening, sitting up. Oh. Trying to flash her ring at him. Wait a minute! I lost you, you. You dropped. You dropped out, John. Oh, she was sitting at the presentation of the building yeah. across from the Prime Minister of Japan, and she had her night ring on. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, he, and he wanted to, to kiss it. <laughs> she's trying to flash it at him. <laughs> Look, really? I have a night ring. <laughs> Look what you don't have, Biatch. Just to get to get his attention, which would kind of. Uh, <laughs> really? She's awesome. They're both very, very kind people. And so As talented. you know, we don't like mentioning clients and projects by name on the shows. We're not looking for cheap promotion. But if you're in the Dakeyama area, which could Daikenyama yeah. of Tokyo, uh, near here, Hillside Terrace, you'll understand what we've been up to, buildings and interiors, both. Nice. And then I think he started drinking because of <laughs> that I saw that, too. It's like, And I tell you, Sir Mark knows how to pound him down. Well, that's good to know. So here, yeah. let me just read He's it. English. Uh, what do you expect? As is written, uh, with all the commotion of the opening, <laughs> I couldn't get this mail out for the Sunday show. So if you want to make Astrid posthumous producer of last week's show to give <laughs> some a better chance of becoming an exec producer this week, feel free. Finally, finally, none of this would be possible with you guys. Yeah, exactly. The show keeps us real and grounded and able to smile at any calamity and somehow it magically gives us the karma we when we need it. Sir Mark. It's so kind of coincidental that uh, I bring up the whole idea of the uh, of the owl that uh, that laser that uh, set off the earthquake and all of a sudden he's like donating. <laughs> hmm. Coincidence? Bring it up again. Yeah. <laughs> Coincidence? I think not. <sighs> hmm. Anyway, we'll have to, to go to Tokyo and check out this. New, oh, yeah. uh, I, I really want to go. You know, Mickey knows her way around town. Oh, that's right. She lived there or something, yeah, she right? Lived in Japan. Well, she lived in uh, yeah, Nagasaki. Does she speak Japanese? She does speak some Japanese. She lived there for five years in Nagasaki. Huh. Where no, where no uh, president okay, so has ever been. We also have three other executive producers. Sir James Spitzer of Jamaica Plain, Massachusetts, 363. I just added my contributions. And he's uh, discovered I've done it again. I'm now one dog short of becoming a three dog night. <laughs> like that one. It's three dog night. Yep. To move to our triple play and help out during your seasonal dry patch from sending 363 uh, upcoming show. Oh. Please send some job hunting karma oh. in case he's looking to withhold Witowski. All right, here we go. You've got karma. They met at the Boston meetup apparently in August. He's an Amherst Libertarian. And says, John, that's Libertarian, not Librarian. Libertarian, not Librarian, whatever. Mm -hmm. Anyways, wishing the best in 2012 to the best podcast in the multiverse. Why limit it to just the universe? James Spitzer, Jamaica Plains, Massachusetts. Todd Cochran in Kapalea, 
Is it Capilla? I think so. 333-33. John and Adam continue to love the show, knowing this is the time of year. Donations are down. Thought it was appropriate to help out. Adam, hey, we'll be in Texas this week. If you and Mickey are up for it, dinner on me Friday in Austin. You name the the place, any place at all. I'll spend as much as I can. Hey, isn't Todd Cochran the guy who uh, um, arranges the podcast awards? I think that's the guy, right? Is it? Yeah, I think he is. I'm going to ask. We need a posthumous. Best podcast in the universe. He wants you to check out his geeknewscentral.com. Yeah. Uh, That's so kind of him, man. The guy really, if anyone supports podcasting, it's that guy. Well, that's a good thing. I think he has the, isn't it the Blueberry Network, the Blueberry? Blueberry. I don't know. Blueberry Network. I don't keep up with podcasting. I don't know that much about it. Hey, have you heard of Uh, it? They're pretty cool. uh, Anonymous. Uh, from Dublin, Dublin, Dublin. Do not mention my name, but pre- please promote free Kindle books. Bill Clinton and the dead bookmaker on the golf course. Former pro- <laughs> President Bill Clinton must use all his acumen and strength to help his philandering brother Roger stay out of jail when he's accused of murdering a bookmaker. A non, a work of nonfiction, clearly. Uh, I would. <laughs> <laughs> and we got a couple executive producers or associate Associates. executive producers. Uh, actually, we got a slew of them. Borislav Marinov, Sir Marinov, to you. Sorry I'm late, but this seems like a non-donation climate in India got me. I intended to donate for my birthday last Saturday, but after I landed in India, I completely forgot about it. (laughs) It's the India. It's a vibe there. It's a cheap vibe. Yeah, exactly. If it can happen to a non-Indian visitor, then it can happen to anyone, including the poor Indian. Send karma to me and my family. I'll need to go on my flight back to the U.S. All right, here we go then. You've got... Karma. Since he mentions his birthday thing over and over, maybe you should put it on the list if it's not. Um, let me double check. I think he's on the list. Let me see. I don't know if he is. Uh, nope. Okay, I'm going to put him on then. When's his yeah, birthday? Yeah, put him on. Heck with it. It's Sir Bor... Borislav Marinov. Borislav Marinov. When's his birthday? Last Saturday. Okay. Oh, sorry, Drew Mons. Class and Leander, Texas, 256, ITM. Happy holidays to all. No agenda listeners. And to you guys, welcome to Austin. Adam, Texas is lucky to have you and Ms. Mickey here oh. in the Lone Star State. Oh, Please send karma to fellow donor Sam, as well as my, as my newest human resource, as well as my newest human resource, Ryan Class and Girl. <laughs> uh, at a, Ryan, you know, it's like, one of, why can't you name her Ryan? It's a, that's a boy's name. No, we're naming her Ryan. Pat. Uh, Adam, any housewarming gifts you'd like for the new ranch? Of course you would. Let us know if you'd like a longhorn. Oh, definitely. <laughs> yeah, for over the a door. A longhorn skull. Perfect. <laughs> Get one of those ones that mounts on a piece of wood and it goes over a door. You know, uh, well, we don't, we don't have the ranch yet. You know, this is our, uh, our interim Yeah, but phase. you can put this thing up. Yeah, you know, we have one of those antler chandeliers. Oh, those are cool. Yeah, and it's funny because it has a one antler sticking down. So if you're under that thing and it falls down, it's drilling a hole from your head down to your rectum. Wow. Yeah. That's good to hey, know. Here's some karma. You've got karma. And at first we were like, man, that thing is so ugly. But it grows on you real quick. Oh, no, I've seen the, those things occasionally, and it, it's true. That you look at it, you think, yeah, this is tacky. But after a while, you realize that what a crazy work of art it is. Yeah. Paul Sankowski in Winooski, Vermont, uh, 2.50 in the morning, and from the snow-dusted Green Mountain State, thanks for listening to Tom Hartman, so I don't have to, John. <laughs> and Adam, be careful with the judge. Yeah, I will. Uh, Eric, uh, do you have this be Hochul? Is it Hochul? Yeah, yeah. it's messed up on my spreadsheet, too. Spreadsheet yeah, too. from uh, Melrose. I the, it's uh, 
Hegel. 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 Let's see. If she's worked that PayPal doesn't put umlauts in anything, he is in for 234. And finally, Dr. Neninger's Natural Something or Other in Port Jefferson, New York. Uh, see if it says anything here. It's, uh, Thank you for making people aware of vaccination dangers. As a U.S. Marine, I was highly vaccinated, which began a lifetime of health problems, eventually wow. leading me to become a neuropathic, uh, or leading me to, to become a neuropathic a medical na- doctor. Nature, any nature, information naturopathic. About naturopathic. 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 Well, he says naturopathic. Right. All right. If anybody needs info about vaccine alternatives, please have them email. Uh, you can just Google my name, Steve Neninger, N-E-N-N-I-N-G-E-R, or email Steve Neninger at gmail.com. Thanks for the best podcast in the universe, by the way. He probably knows about a lot about vitamin D3. Oh, yeah. Which might oh, be yeah. interesting. You bet. By the way, it uh, has been a while since I listened, so please de-douche me. All right, take off your clothes. You've been de-douched. I appreciate the new format with all the clips knows. It takes a lot of work. That is why you get my money instead of cable, instead of the cable company. They're not getting this money. So we want to thank everybody who uh, became executive producer for today's show. Uh, you can go to Dvorak.org slash NA channel, Dvorak.com slash NA, NoAgendaNation.com. You can also pick up a slave T-shirt there and also NoAgendaShow.com and click on the donation button and uh, keep us uh, doing all this work that we're up to. And before we go into with your little pitch about uh, the importance of these executive producer credits I do have a little aside clip since somebody brought it up here which is welcome to Austin Adam yeah. which is the clip that uh, made me think of you when I, when I heard it and it's the Austin Texas brain drain clip which is going to take another minute away from your life heading to the Lone Star State And jobs are just one reason. Housing is another. This three-bedroom home in Los Angeles recently sold for more than a million dollars. Yet, here in a suburb of Austin, Texas, this four-bedroom home sold for $380,000. The people who bought it moved from California. Mm -hmm. We'll stay here in Texas, and we visit California quite a bit. Bill Gagne moved his family and his computer consulting business from California to Austin. They traded in a one-bedroom apartment for this four-bedroom home. If we would have stayed in California, in order for us to make it in an area that we, where we would want to live, we would need to be a two-income family. But with the lower cost of living and no personal income tax in Texas, Bill's wife Jessica now stays home with their daughter Gwen. We go to gym, we go to swimming lessons, we do it all. And if we lived in California, I couldn't do that. Yet they do miss that California weather and the ocean. My very first surfboard. I can't get rid of it. But for now, they'll trade blue waters for greener pastures. Ben Tracy, CBS News, Austin, Texas. Well, it's true. You know, there's 30,000 Californians have moved to, uh, to Texas. And How are the Texans putting up with that? Well, very interesting. So we got our Texas plates. We got our uh, our Texas driver's licenses. So now we're officially Texans. And by the way, the DMV guy, he says, welcome to the great state of Texas. When he hands you your driver's license, which is really nice, with a smile. And boy, I've had some nightmares in California DMV. Oh, the DMV in California is horrendous. So the trick here is you immediately want to say that you are not from Steiner Ranch. What does that mean? Well, Steiner, so they have these communities outside of Austin where they have these, you know, uh, big homes and stuff, uh, different sizes within each community. But, you know, the community has its own gym and has its own, you know, shopping. And, you know, this is a lot has been built out here. It has its own Home Depot. And Steiner Ranch is where all the douchebags are. 
you know, with, with they, 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 because now, of course, they're, you know, they, if they were lucky enough to sell their home in California, then they're here at Steiner Ranch and they got Ferraris and Bentleys and clippity clop and uh, the, the, Austinites hate him. <laughs> so you immediately got to say, hey, we're not at Steiner Ranch, man. We're down there uh, past the oasis, you know, the Hippie Hollow. That's where we are. <laughs> Hippie Hollow. It's called Hippie Hollow. I kid you not. That's funny. It's great. But, you know, we got the guy with the three dogs and the goat walking down the street. So this is the right Austin place. So, yes, uh, correct. It is uh, pretty awesome. Although the weather is unbelievably cold. We've had actually 32 degrees at night freezing. Uh Yeah. Yeah. Turn up the heat. Yeah, it really sucks. Anyway, so please do support this uh, best podcast in the universe. We highly appreciate all all of that. And uh, these credits, of course, are completely for real. Uh, Unlike the phonies in Hollywood there in California, we will vouch for you if you need it. And all you have to do is remember this one simple thing. Dvorak.org. Slash N-A. Uh, a couple of PR mentions, uh, some domain names, forwarding to the noagendashow.com website, powerwank.com, <coughs> which uh, is interesting that uh, that was not, uh, that that was available. <coughs> you can even look it up in the Urban Dictionary, powerwank, if you'd like the definition, to pull over and masturbate when driving long distances, much like the advised power nap to avoid accidents. Uh, usage, man, I've got one hell of a boner. Better pull over and power wank. What? <laughs> it's in the Urban Dictionary. <laughs> I wonder where these guys are pulled over. I used to just start singing, you know, like shout, shout, let it all out. But no, power wank uh, seems to be uh, the new thing. No, it's supposed to wake you up? I guess. All the kids are doing it. Uh, another domain name forwarding to nogendershow.com is myjabronis.com. I think it's uh, the knacker coming back to do that. My jabronis. Sing it with me now. My jabronis. Go on. Uh, now, this is unfortunate uh, that we didn't. Uh, we, we own uh, rickperrysucks.com, I think. Uh, we own rickperry2012.com. Uh, if you type in rickperry.com, it, go, it takes you to ronpaul2012.com. <laughs> Talk about your PR there, mofo. Good job. <laughs> what an idiot. Yeah, try it. I, I, wish, yeah, it, I, I it. wish it went to, to noagendashow.com. And again, you type in rickperry.com, it goes to ronpaul2012.com, the official uh, Ron Paul Well, now website. it's not going there. Oh, really? It's going to a Parker site. Oh, that's a bummer. Oh, shoot. Oh, well. This uh, is hyphenated or something. The No Agenda stream schedule has been published. You can find that at itm.m, uh, itm.im slash what's on. Uh, if you want to know what shows are playing on the all new and freshly managed No Agenda stream. And uh, just fresh off the presses today, uh, Alex, who uh, has put us up on the, has put the No Agenda Roku channel up. Uh, he says we just passed 10,000 installs. The NA Roku channel is in the top rated category in the channel store. Uh, and uh, the new version is live. It has art for the past 60 plus shows in a cover flow mode. Looks amazing. It's all coming off of Amazon S3. It's pulling in from the show notes. I mean, it's fantastic. He's even got a link there with a quick demo so you can take it's a look the future. at it. It is the future. It is the future. I love the Roku. We tried to order a movie. The stupid Time Warner, which uh, Mickey wanted to see, uh, I want to see it too, Blind Date. 
Um, I, I have to say, I like uh, Justin Timberlake. And, um, you know, it wouldn't order. And we called up and they said, oh, well, your cable box is in, uh, isn't in two-way communication mode. Hold on, call back in an hour. See, Mickey, you put Mickey on the phone with that. She's like, really? I want to watch it now. Okay. And then, you know, of course, it doesn't work. And then the guy's going to come out Saturday. Mickey's like, Saturday? Really? And I went to Roku. Click. Boom. From Amazon. Four bucks. Ordered. Starts playing immediately in, in HD. Done. Idiots. So the cable is, is dying. They suck so bad. Anyway, we appreciate uh, those uh, PR initiatives as well. I think the No Agenda show on Roku is very cool. Of course, there's something else you can do. You can go out and propagate our very important formula, if you don't mind. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. Oops. Hey, what happened? Apparently, somebody got hit in the mouth. Yeah. Oh, there we go. That was weird. I know what happened is uh, I'm I'm a little PO'd at this. Although, of course, imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. And how long have we been talking about hitting people in the mouth as our formula, John? Four years? At least. Something like that? Actually, pretty close to the beginning. So, Young Turks. Yeah. Uh, you know, they oh, got, that poor bastard. He's like uh, Chink, whatever the heck his name yeah, is. Chink. Who, who was kicked off of uh, MS uh, DNC is what it's called <laughs> nowadays, by the yeah. way. Yeah. Uh, MSDNC, MSNBC to uh, now he's on and current. He had, had to go to current on the which white is a, noise channel, which is a, <laughs> losing so many people that uh, no one watches. Nobody watches. You don't find it, and it doesn't have any buzz, and yeah. it's poorly. It's the production values aren't what they could be. He's and, also annoying. Him and his whole show was annoying. He's I very tried annoying. to watch it, and anyway, so here's his part of it, eleven seconds of his little promo face value, and. Who are we? Well, we are proud and progressive. There's no question about that. And we are here to punch the establishment in the mouth. Right. Okay. Douchebag. There you go. (laughs) Crazy mofo. Stealing our our material. Stop that. A. I'm sure sure he had an earful, but they're going... No, the show is a podcast. Of course, this guy's been a podcaster since 2002. You don't tell me you consulted the book of knowledge on his ass. Yeah, oh, I did. Boy. I had to. Yeah. Uh, I was trying to figure out his politics because it never made any sense to me. He's just he essentially when he was at MSNBC was a ranter. Like uh, when I first saw him, he's like a ranter, exactly like Ed Schwartz. And you don't need two of those guys. No. And so they got rid of him. And he wasn't getting any numbers, which is, I guess, the real reason. Right. So in other uh, media news. I do have a uh, a funny clip of poor Aaron Burnett, who is just failing at this CNN yeah. gig. It's not happening. She's in they're Dubai. Pull, they're, they're pulling her out of the studio. You notice that, right? That it's not working in the studio. So now, like, you know, of course, if they'd called us, we said, you know, you got to get her out of the studio. Now, they, the problem with her out of the studio is she has um, a rather large derriere. And it doesn't quite fit with her body. You know, these women, it's, it's, you know, it sucks. You know, I don't know how it happens, whatever. Uh, it just doesn't look good on television. And that's the only way I, I you know, uh, that's how we 
evaluate things as, as how no, it works as on television. Consultant. Yeah, as consultants. Yeah, not as a douchebag uh, male. No, so but so they can't really do all the shots they want. They can't really have her walking. You know, they have to shoot above the waist, and so you can't really establish where she is. So it's not working. The whole thing is not working. Well, she's uncomfortable too. It's so obvious. And she and her ability to ad lib. She was okay on CNBC because she was surrounded by people, and she's she's very good at interacting, and she's good with the five box and coordinating a bunch of people yeah. yakking at each other. She's yeah. a, I mean, she I worked under times uh, more than a couple of times when I was doing a lot of CNBC stuff, and she uh, she was pretty slick. Except the one time some years ago, I was I was told to come on to do a <laughs> Christmas segment. <laughs> yeah, and so I brought a bunch of gizmos. And she went off the rails and started talking about something else. I didn't even get to show one of the gizmos. I don't even know why they brought me on. Oh, that anyway, horrible besides woman. That, that was just pet peeve. Good <laughs> complaint of mine. Minor peeve. So here we show. She comes out of a break. This is her wrapping a show and trying to ad-lib her way out. I don't know if the prompter was out or if she lost her notes. I'm not sure. But she makes a, she says some stupid crap at the end. Then they cut away from her and then do a, some recorded voiceover of her same voice introducing Pierce Morgan. But you hear the beep, and the beep is as they come out of commercial, they play this little thing, and then bing, and then there's this long pause, which you're going to hear, of her looking down at the ground, and then she lifts her head befuddled, (laughs) and play it. All right. Well, thanks so much for watching our show here live from the United Arab Emirates, Abu Dhabi and Dubai. We're going to put our interview with Sheikh Mohammed, the prime minister of the country and the ruler of Dubai, on our website. And we look forward to your comments about what you think about democracy and and ruling and and what you think about Dubai. Please let us know. We're looking forward to hearing that. And one quick thing, just to keep in mind, you know that the number one country in the Middle East for American exports is the United Arab Emirates, not even Saudi Arabia. Here's Piers Morgan tonight. Oh, God. Oh, man. You, we want you to hear, what do you think about democracy and yeah. Uh, ruling? Yeah, here's Piers and, Morgan. And uh, here's, uh, and by the way, did you know that the number one, who cares? I mean, do, the number you know, one experts, I didn't have a thought about it. I mean, I, you know. No, I, but listen, they have a new guy at CNN who's uh, doing all the all their programming, right? This, the guy came in a while ago. And uh, he is now integrating commercials with the programming. And the reason why Aaron Burnett was in Dubai is to promote uh, Tom Cruise's new Mission Impossible movie, which takes place on the largest building. I saw her. It's one big Mission Impossible promo. And to to add insult to injury, they've got every single frickin' Muppet on CNN. They've got Kermit with Wolf Blitzer because the Muppet movie is being promoted. It's disgusting. These guys are, have stooped so low, they have to, into, you know, it's like, we need, I can just see the meeting. Uh, well, uh, we here at the uh, Curry Deborah Consulting uh, Corporation, we've, uh, we've uh, really looked at how to uh, engage the viewers more. We need more engagement, really, with the, the, uh, the advertising. So we've come up with a couple of ideas. We thought it would be really cool. Now, now uh, we've done a couple of mood boards for you here. Uh, we thought it would be really cool. If to promote the movies you have coming up, one, we will send Aaron off. And it'll be hilarious because, you know, she'll be looking at this 137 story building and we'll do some trailers and show Tom doing stuff, a little bit of backstage footage. And, you know, she'll just be talking about how awesome it is and how awesome Tom is. Then we'll have Kermit. Kermit will actually do a little crosstalk with Wolf. <laughs> so, right. That's yeah, the meeting. Exactly. That's, That's the exactly meeting. the meeting. Uh, John, could you bring up the PowerPoint, please? 
And here we have uh, the ratings you can expect because of the Kermit, uh, the frog, who is much more recognizable in the demo. Has a higher Q rating than, <laughs> than Wolf, Wolf himself. <laughs> now, uh, we know this will hit the demos right in the middle. It's perfect. You know, we want the parents. The parents recognize them because, of course, Kermit's been around for 49 years. Uh, they'll take the kids. It's going to be groovy, baby. Groovy. Uh, we'll send you our invoice. We're out of here. <laughs> we out. So talking about Pierce Morgan, I do have a clip, a short one, where Pierce Morgan is going on and on about something or other about taxes, and he and he and he bring and he's got he's interviewing Axelrod, who looks worse than ever. He looks now, just like an evil person. Is Axelrod running the Obama campaign yes, again this year? Yes. Okay, all right. He's the, he's a he's a PR expert. And so he comes on and he says something that is like he makes his comment, and I, I cut it off when you hear the clip just ends because because I'll explain what happened afterwards. Morgan does says nothing about this ludicrous comment, an unbelievably ludicrous comment that Axelrod makes, and an assertion that essentially that the Republicans. Do not want to tax the rich ever, but they do want to tax the working poor. Right. They, that's where they want to tax them, and they, they want to tax them, but they don't want to tax the rich. And it's, it's just so bogus. Very bogus. much money should be protected. The Republicans have been completely intransigent. They do not believe almost to a man and woman in any tax increases at all, despite the fact that you have people like Warren Buffett, one of America's richest men, almost pleading... Tax me more. What do you think, when it comes to the election battleground, that you're a pivotal member of the, of the Obama campaign, when you see this divide now being so clearly laid out, what do you think the average American is going to think of the debate? Well, first of all, let me just correct one thing you said. You said the Republicans don't believe any ta in any tax increases at all. So far, what the Republicans have said is that they're, they'd be willing to raise uh, taxes on 160 million working Americans in order to avoid raising any kind of taxes, not $1 on uh, p uh, millionaires, 300,000 millionaires. So it's not that they don't want to raise taxes. They just don't want to raise taxes on, uh, on the affluent. And the truth is that if you're trying to stimulate the economy, yeah, bogative. Let me ask you this. What a dude. I mean, this guy. Well, let me ask you and a question. And he lets him get away with that comment. Well, Pierce Morgan's a dick. Here's the question. Do you think that Obama will come out with a we can't wait and an executive order to do this to at least extend the tax cuts to everybody? Or do you think they'll actually just let them expire because they need the money? Well, the the thing that's being discussed here, I think, is the payroll. Uh, it's taxes. payroll taxes. I understand. It's the payroll. Yeah, it's taxes. not the same as the Bush. Uh, oh, it's a big part of it, though. Well, maybe. It's I, a big part. I, of I don't it. know. I really don't know. I mean, I don't know how they're going to play this. It's mm -hmm. just uh, I know that there's a lot of. Uh, I I got one minor clip. Well, let of, me let me just. I have a I have a Pierce Morgan to hook into you here. Okay. Pierce Morgan with Michael Moore. Who is this? This shows you how delusional Michael Moore is. A completely delusional. He apparently was in England, and uh, he felt that uh, the media over there treats everyone just fine. That's how delusional he is. You can say, you can say to Michael Moore, you can say, "You're a big fat idiot." He'll be like, "You're so kind." Listen to this. I'm not in. So I don't think it's wrong. We can't now. even go to NASCAR to a NASCAR event. Michelle Obama shows up. And they boo her. So you think it is turning now? Oh, right? I think I think 
with his election in particular. I think that the, the, the vitriol toward him simply because he's him and, 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 and toward his wife, because why? She wants people to eat vegetables and take better care of themselves. That's her big crime. No, I have to interrupt you, Michael Moore. It's because of this. Yes, here's a little one. You come on up. Come on up. No. <laughs> here's the delusional clip. Come on up. Uh, no, no, no. You know, I've been on Question Time on the, on the BBC, and you're right. A uh, politician comes on there, and the audience, man, they're not afraid to, uh, they let him. They let them have it, but but you know what? You're, what they don't do is they don't demonize. They don't make it personal. What? When they go after what? the politician, I've been on, like I said, on your shows over there. On your shows it's, over there. It's, they're mad about the politics. They're mad about the decisions that the prime, the prime minister has made or the party has made. They don't go off into this. The guy is delusional. He, I mean, that, the, the, the Brits are, can rip people apart. They rip them to shreds. They're so nice over there. I've been on your shows. I know all about you. Your show is over there. Referring to British shows, not his. Yeah, yeah, British shows. shows. Isn't that crazy? Wow. Yeah, so that just proves it to me. The guy is completely delusional. Well, he came out on one thing. I had the clip. I never uh, got it to you. It was some weeks ago uh, during the early days of uh, Occupy Wall Street. Where he, they asked him about what should be done to fix the system. He says, we just got to scrap it. Capitalism's got to go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> scrap it. What are you, did you put in this place? You the boss? Get rid of that crazy crap, man. Are you nuts? Mm. Can I go into a little uh, thing here? You had a, a clip you wanted to share with us. Well, first. let me think if there's anything that's related. I got the Axelrod one out of the way. There may have been... Uh, yes, another short clip you said before I do I have one. I want just to balance the, the fact that I do have a balancing clip so we don't sound like a couple of shills for the Republican Party. There was a thing that was floating around for a while. This is the Judge Napolitano uh, clip. And it, 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 there's a thing floating around the right-wing talkers about how there's legislation that's going to keep the family farm so little kids that work on the farm. We talked about this. Oh, I this, is the, this, is, this, is, this is on C-SPAN 2 today. It's about the dust regulation. Well, no, not the dust regulation. This is the one where kids can't drive the tractor. Right. They, can't, <laughs> yeah. they can't work with farm animals. Unless they have a commercial license. So they have this on the Napolitano thing, and this woman, <laughs> who will never be invited back, apparently debunks the whole thing. Oh. And he, like, as soon as she finishes and he, and he says something, he is not talking to her anymore. He's turned and he's talking to somebody else. And he had the most pissed off look on his face. Oh, cool. And you've identified him as a... As a, as a ne'er do well, and some because he he's cozied up to some guy that's on our enemies list kind of thing. Yeah, I forgot. Well, the, it's a big list. I forgot. Yeah, it was one of these guys. But listen yeah. to this, and you can get a, a kind of a clue as to what might really be going on. The child injury rate on farms is down 59% since 1998, but it seems big government is always happy to create a problem it can't solve. <laughs> Businesses of the federal government, how Ma and Pa run their farm. Well, you know, Judge, this is near and dear to my heart because I, I come from West you Virginia, I, farming are both, family. We're both farmers. That's I make right. maple syrup, you make apple butter. You got it. Burns apple butter is the best, but it, we don't sell it, so I can say that. Go ahead. Um, it doesn't address family farms, or at least what they're talking about right now is about people who hire young workers. It's not if your family or your parents on the farm. I think because, as it was in my situation, those of us who worked on it, it should extend to your grandparents, your other relatives' family farm. But this is about people who hire. Think about the migrant worker kids. And 
even though it has gone down 59%, it's still farming fatalities six times how, the rest of the How do regulations industries. like this, Cheryl, affect the farming industry? How do they affect its profitability? Well, it has a negative effect. Oh, really? Thanks, love. Hold on a second. Yeah. Really? Okay. Love you. All right. Close the door, So huh? anyway, the point is, is that this may be a bogative oh, hold issue. Hold on a second. Hey, Mick, can you close the door? Yeah, otherwise it, uh, the air code just, like, makes it nuts. Thanks, babe. I really Sorry. wonder what Fox is up to with some of these things. I mean, there's, P- like, Pushing they hate the Democrat agenda. Yeah. They hate uh, Obama. I mean, who do they? They, they must. <laughs> they hate everybody. <laughs> well, they seem to like Gingrich. Oh, by the way, this Gingrich thing, uh, this is so obvious. This is so obvious. So here's, here's how it went down. Now, we've already established that... Um, uh, that Gingrich got this big endorsement from the Clintons. And I think he, you know, they, he, they did a deal. And all of a sudden it makes so much sense because they needed to run some interference on Mitt Romney. Uh, Ron Paul, of course, they needed to separate him. So they need a number one and number two for the reality show horse race. And in return, you know, Gingrich, he has his own money, but I don't think he's spending it. You know, if you look around and you really look into it, he has no organization. You know, he, everyone walked away. It's not like he has a, a whole organization in Iowa. It's not like he has thousands of people everywhere. He has no organization. So what he has is he has the Clinton media machine. And in return, Bill, of course, will do interviews with everybody because that's what's going down. He is first resilient. And secondly, he's always thinking. And he's got a million ideas. I mean, and some of them are good, some of them I think are horrible. Do you Uh think he's the strongest in the field? I don't know. I don't know it. But but in both our party and in theirs, very often the strongest person for the nomination is not necessarily the strongest person in the general election. And it's a mistake to underestimate Governor Romney. Now, now you you lose a little context, so you don't see the grimace he makes. At well, what the is end. the what did, what did you come away with? What I came this? away what I came away with is don't underestimate Romney. The guy is good. That's why we put Gingrich in to just mess with everything. That's what I came away with. And you know, the, the guy's a clown. He has absolutely no chance of making anywhere because he's got so many skeletons in the closet. It's, you know, and he's going to do this Donald Trump thing on the 27th, which, by the way, Mitt Romney is not doing. No, and neither is Ron Paul. No, why no should anyone doing do it? it? This is like having one of the candidates do the do. I mean, if you what, they want to give a weekend to Ron Paul to grill these guys. Yeah, I mean, it's it's. Trump was it's, on uh, Morgan last night. And this night, is by World Net Daily, it. by the way, which yeah, makes them, yeah, yeah. really knocks them down a it couple does, of notches. It does. It does. Are they, no, no. Are they Newsmax, World Net Daily? I think it's the same group, isn't it? No. Hold on a second. Uh, what is it? Now, World. this is Newsmax that is doing this, right? Yeah, Newsmax. Yeah, I think they do World Net Daily, don't really? they? Really? I could be wrong. That I'm going to surprise you. Here, book of about, knowledge. about. Oh, okay. Well, let's do that. Consult the book of knowledge. Now it says here they're an independent news organization. Oh, nice pop-up, guys. Screw you. I'm not going to back your site again. I hate pop-ups. And what are these damn cars at the bottom of my browser popping up everywhere? No, I think I don't think I think World Net Daily is separate, dude. 
Okay, well, no, it could no, be. No, I'll news, look, I'll Newsmax. Look. And by the way, I yeah, do, do have it. one way or the other. They're very similar. Yeah, uh, uh, and I've confused uh, them. No, I disagree. World in the Daily, I think, is pretty good. Newsmax is like completely political. Anyway, um, let me get into something here. This th- and this is uh, for the ultimately is for the well, uh, before you leave this topic. Yes, sir. About Gingrich, I do want to mention something, which is that for some reason, and you can put this into your into your feeder and try to figure out, try to deconstruct it. But I have a two second clip of Newt Pole looks good, but is bogative. Play that. <laughs> now to politics, your voice, your vote. And our brand new ABC News Washington Post poll showing that Newt Gingrich has opened up a commanding lead in Iowa. And nationwide, he's riding a wave of momentum, racking up twice the support of Mitt Romney. Oh, please. So they had these numbers up there, and this is the first time I've ever seen this. And actually, Buzzkill Jr. spotted this and went and looked it up. At the bottom, instead of having the plus or minus, you know, what the statistical variance. 4%, 4% usually. For for statistical variations, check the website, it said. Oh. So they didn't put it up there. Did he? So when you look it up, it's something like 40% or 20-something. <laughs> no. And the number was exactly, no. if, you, if you took it, added that number to Ron Paul's bogus it put, 8%. Put, yeah, put him at number one. And subtracted the number from Newt Gingrich's. Everybody was a statistical tie. Wow. <laughs> That's good So work. this is ABC doing their... their you know, shilling. I don't know what They're the point shilling. is, but why They're are shilling. they pushing Newt Gingrich? Because and the it's fact meant- that they will not give Ron Paul the time of day is amazing to me. It no. just continues. It's the Clinton media machine. It is to distort the, the reality field. That's what it's about. Gingrich is just a distraction. That's all he is. Just to oh, I'm, I'm in total agreement up. with that. Is, yeah. And I stick with my prediction from months ago, which is the ticket is going to be Romney Perry. Listen to that clip again that you just, uh, I'm going to play this again. Listen to the music in the background. Now to politics, your voice, your vote. And our brand new ABC News Washington Post poll showing that Newt Gingrich has opened up a commanding lead in Iowa. And nationwide, he's riding a wave of momentum, racking up twice the support of Mitt Romney. That is exactly what the X Factor does. They put some like classical music in the background, like big crescendo and like big. They're doing the exact same thing. It's all a reality show. And, you know, I that's funny you mentioned that because I have some later for after their break. I have a couple of clips from Al Jazeera. Mm. And one of the clips, for some reason, they play music in the background. The other ones, they don't. And the music is not from a from a B roll or anything else. It's just out of the blue music, like as, as, as if they're saying, "This is or this is the coded stuff you should be listening to or not listening to." Or this is yeah. bogus. Well, attention! I don't know brain. what the point of it well, is. It's, it's, it's some kind of mind control, obviously. Well, something's amiss about it. I don't like it, so, and the fact that if if, if, if if I don't like ABC playing music behind a story like that at all. No, well, their entertainment. Who cares? Well, the, Disney. The thing to look out for is CBS because they're like uh, trying to get Holder uh, fired. CBS is doing interesting stuff, and I'm not quite sure why yet. Well, CBS, I've noticed, has been uh, doing more hard-hitting stuff that yeah. might have some impact. Yeah, well, there's a reason for it, I'm sure. All right, so um, now this is uh, this will eventually lead into the uh, into the book club, and uh, I will also plug the Big Book Show uh, in this case, BigBookShow.com. You'll find out why uh, Lucifer Clippity Clop uh, Clinton came out, and she did a huge thing about uh, human rights and the lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgendered community. Uh, just need to listen to that for a second to set it up. 
Now, raising this issue, I know, is sensitive for many people. Sensitive. And that the obstacles standing in the way of protecting the human rights of LGBT people rest on deeply held personal, political, cultural, and religious beliefs. So I come here before you with respect, understanding, and humility. And gayness. Even though progress on this front is not easy, we cannot delay acting. So in that spirit, I want to talk about the difficult and important issues we must address together to reach a global consensus that recognizes the human rights of LGBT citizens everywhere. So, um... You know, everyone uh, jumped on this. You know, Rick Perry is like, oh, you know, Americans don't like gay people. And, you know, and so, but that's not what was interesting. What was interesting is I interviewed yesterday, and I liked it so much that I, I, I immediately edited the uh, the episode and put it up on the Big Book Show, BigBookShow.com. I interviewed um, professor of history at Columbia University, Samuel Moyne. Have you ever heard of this guy? No. Okay. Uh, he's, he's just a nerd, and he he wrote a uh, and they actually they pitched this book to me. It's a it's it's like a, a book for scholars. It's, it's not a it's not yeah, it's just a historical uh, reference book. Really, half of it is footnotes. It's called the Last Utopia: Human Rights in History. And the reason why I wanted this guy on is because when he so he's just a historian. He he just goes through the history of human rights. Turns out. This human rights thing, that only really started in 1971, really. And then it cropped up again in 1990, and the whole thing, turns out, is just a big United Nations scam to go after other countries who don't adhere to the human rights. Because when you intellectually think about it, what is the what are human rights? Who made them up? Who maintains the list? Who is the authority of human rights? Clearly, Lucifer Clinton thinks she is, because now, of course, one of the human rights is uh, to be gay, lesbian, transgendered, bisexual, whatever. Is that truly a human right? What are the human rights? And, and I have a clip from the guy. Uh, one that I just pulled a clip because I thought it was, you know, it kind of, because he's not. Yeah, yeah, I'm not going to fault you for pulling your own clips. <laughs> <laughs> My super wank. But do you. Uh, I've been wanting to pull some clips from the Generation <laughs> X3 show for a couple of shows, and I just haven't done it but but think about it for a second john if i were to ask you tell yeah, me I mean, who made the, is there a human right to education that's become an issue now well we have a we have a right to an education it's a human right who says who that thank you in fact uh even uh, you know he people think it goes back to jesus christ no i mean he he totally it, it, he it's a contrarian view of history in a way but he has all the documents. And he said, you know, none of this was ever, you know, there were no human rights. The only thing arguably that we had uh, back to Greek philosophy and the Romans was uh, the right to self-preservation. And then later we had, you know, in America, we had John Locke who said, well, you have the right to property. But that's about it. All this other stuff has always been created to create nation states and to go and kick someone else's ass. Here's the relevant clip. It almost seems like, and I said this before, like this was a United Nations globalist tool that has been very carefully manipulated and ever, you know, it ever so slightly is moved bit by bit until it actually is used. Remember now, the guy's a historian, so he doesn't draw any conclusions. He Sounds just, like you. That is me. 
Oh, okay. I'm just saying. So he's not going to agree with me per se, but he has interesting. His words is a professor uh, against a, a sovereign leader like Gaddafi, and you know right. now it's Assad, and when and, and now it's just running through my mind like all of these, you know, very typical. It's all about violation of human rights, and they always bring in rape, and there's, it, it it just feels like a tool. Now you don't really conclude that in the book. No. Is do you feel that that is what it is? I, I wouldn't go so far. Um, in part because I think, as you imply, human rights are open to so many divergent uses. And the one thing I would uh, clarify is that the UN tries to introduce human rights right after World War II, and that's how we get the Universal Declaration. But no one really cares. And in a way, the UN initially is where human rights go to die. So what happens in the post-war period is that human rights are kind of reclaimed from the UN. On the one hand, ordinary people, part of amnesty, and eventually part of human rights groups like Human Rights Watch, begin to take, take a claim to human rights, to uh, analyzing other states, to criticizing other states. Uh, and we have the Human Rights Council, the United Nations body that does this as a, for a living. It definitely does so. It definitely does so. But so, but there are also so-called non-governmental organizations which try to provi- provide an alternative uh, human rights forum to the United Nations. And then presidents do it. So statesmen since Jimmy Carter have uh, invoked human rights, uh, have said American foreign policy should abide by human rights or even promote human rights. And there we, we get into, I think, what's quite difficult about it, because human rights could mean lots of different things, and it really depends who's invoking them and to what purpose. I, I wouldn't want to rule out that it can be uh, a language that can make a difference, since uh, interfering with other sovereignties may be something worth doing, and there may be ways of doing it that improve the world. Um, but as you suggest or fear, it could also be subject to abuse. And I think we have to just be realists and look out uh, so that when we hear human rights, we ask what for, which rights, with, with whose interests in mind. And that just blew me away, John. When I, you know, this, we always talk about human rights, but all of a sudden, you know, it just gets expanded by some, you know, all of a sudden Lucifer is the holder of the rights and she knows everything and this is the way it is. And people don't think about this stuff ever. Well, it's because it's become part of the lexicon and people just say human rights and you just assume a bunch of things. And what I think is getting overlooked in the human rights uh, discussion is the, is the rights of the individual of the United, of United States citizens and that are outlined very clearly and specifically in the Bill of Rights. Very interesting. I don't have the clip. You can watch the whole interview at BigBookShow.com. He says that originally Virginia had a real straight... Um, uh, personal rights list and then when the Bill of Rights came in it already changed that Virginia was the state that really had it down and they were the closest to the natural law or the natural rights but then once uh, the Bill of Rights came in which still I think is better than anything else we've seen or has talked about it certainly doesn't say, you know, he says in France in France in the early days part of the human rights was right to education I mean my goodness John we're hearing now that the right to the internet is a human right. It's not. 
Well, I'd like to see us just stick up for the rights that we have outlined in the Bill of I Rights agree. before no, we even get on this rest of this I bill. I totally agree. And I mentioned a few, including the Fourth Amendment, which is the right <laughs> of search and seizure. But the other one, which is seemingly overlooked by the uh, the new laws, is uh, the Seventh Amendment, which is the right to a jury a trial by jury. That's that's listed in the in the Constitutional Bill of Rights, not, the right to trial by jury, and also the rights of the states. Not if I you're mean, a belligerent combatant. Amendment. No, not if you're an enemy combatant of the state. That's that. So they're in complete violation of our. So why are we? Why is Hillary out there worried about all these human rights when they're vi- when they're, her own government is violating the ten Bill of Rights? Ah, I'm glad l- you asked. List. This is. A, I mean, we've this got, is. This, and the right to bear arms is another one that's under constant attack. This is Why is that a human right to have a gun this is or all, a rock or a stick? <laughs> you can have a stick. You can have a stick. But not for long. But this is so the whole LGBT human rights thing, I think, relates right back to bullying. This is all to take away our basic real rights as as set by law in these United States. It's all to take it away. Lucifer up front, clippity clop. Well, they're definitely taking it away if they they pass this stuff. And when you hear the clip at the end of the show, which is from the Stewart show, so yeah. it's a little ridicule going funny. on in there. It's funny. It's though. ludicrous what happened when yeah. they passed this thing. And the and the and John McCain, who is is hard to believe, this guy could have been president. Oh. It's just frightening. It's it just makes you shake when you think about it. This guy is the worst person. But it shows ever. that he's in the same camp as Obama. They're on the same team because the president is actually if you look and we'll hear the clip at the end of the show, the president is actually threatening to veto the National Defense Authorization Act because he doesn't have enough power in it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so they're on the That's same the team. Part. Anyway, no, it's not enough power. He, in fact, Stuart, I didn't put that in the clip. Oh, that's the best part. I, think that, that's a great, I mean, Stuart played that. He must have gone 12 minutes on this thing. Eight. But yeah, he mentioned the fact that Obama's thinking of vetoing uh, uh, it because yeah. it doesn't give him doesn't pure give dictatorial yeah. rule. Yeah, exactly. So um, this Moyne, uh, you know what his specialty is? He's a professor in history. His specialty, France and Germany. Oh, there you go. So, uh, do you mind if I play a clip where I ask him about France and Germany? Since he's no, in, play it. And uh, and of course, I brought up your fractal theory, which I completely claimed is mine. Of course, that originally uh, Europe was uh, a, a zone for economic cooperation. There was a political end for the founders, which was to overcome this old antagonism. But as you suggest, it's it survives in a kind of modest form. I think my guess is. From even from the last few days, uh, before which I would have been much more pessimistic, that the Germans will act to save Europe. Uh, they want to save it on their own terms. Uh, <laughs> Isn't that precisely what 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 this what the European Union was supposed to avoid? Was Germans running the show, though? Well, it's 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 going to be tough to avoid it because they have the the financial cards, uh, uh, and they have the the economy. That is 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 so far uh, superior uh, in its wealth and its power to even France that they may have uh, the the ability to dictate. Now, I think it will be very bad for democracy. Uh, because, but you know, Europe has all often been charged with a democratic deficit in which bureaucrats end up running the show. In this case. There'll be a lot more power for German bureaucrats 
uh, over the others uh, in Europe. But it sounds as if Germany is going to step up uh, and and try to distribute um, physical authority to Europe, uh, which it, it really hasn't had. Euro the European community hasn't had uh, the authority along with the unified currency to have a unified fiscal policy to force countries uh, into austerity or to uh, Which is exactly within their the, means. exactly what the proposal now, is now, there's, right? There is a view that you get from some uh, dissidents that actually uh, the, the German solution right now is, is going to be disastrous because it's based on austerity rather than a kind of Keynesian uh, inflationary uh, approach and if that's right then I think we're in for very grim times because if Europe goes down uh, well the entire world uh, faces a very scary situation so we better party now while we still right. can. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, 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 I'm very interested in cycles and yeah. some could call it fractals. And right. uh, I'm just thinking there's going to be some kind of civil war <laughs> in the next five to ten years. It just seems like that's almost unavoidable. The last time this happened is what accounted for the rise of Adolf Hitler. Uh, <laughs> and uh, we shouldn't uh, think that just because we've seen something, we can't relive it. So don't take it from John and Adam. Listen to the professor. Just got in Skype. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Was he in a bucket? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> he had a bucket on his head to remain because you know people are now after him. Hey man, you trying to redefine our human rights? I'm gonna put put two to your head, man. You get out of here. He wants to be anonymous now. Yeah. Well, again, you know, we, we now we can say we create C-SPAN, so C-SPAN doesn't have to. Uh, <laughs> hey, anyway. The Euro. So I do think we need to talk about uh, Euroland for a few minutes because uh, we have the big uh, conference today and tomorrow. Yeah, I want to play one clip here. Um, I'm going to blow off all my clips for too soon, but... Uh, there was, I was watching, there's this Lindsay something or other, she's on Bloomberg News, I think she, she's actually talking out of England, stu British Lohan? Studios. She looks like a little Russian girl, she should be hired to go to RT, oh, oh, okay. for sure, she's really hey, we pretty. Can, we can do a transfer. She's pretty in a, in a funny way, but she's got a Russian look, a quality about her, it's mm. interesting. But anyway, so she's, uh, she had this guy Weinberg, who is the... Uh, a technical uh, stock market guy who invented high-frequency trading. Mm. I'm just going to throw this in. This is just a little thing I want to put out there because I've been saying this and I'm going to continue to say it, is that the key to the solution is to understanding what happened in the 1840s, 1850s uh, to prevent a economic collapse you print more money right. unless you have inflation. And if there's no inflation of any consequence, I'm not talking about hyperinflation. You can have a relative small well, of amount course of inflation. We didn't, we didn't have a quadrillion worth of swaps in the 1800s. Beside the point, they had a lot of free money was printed in the 1850s, tons of it, in mm. the form of gold. Because as gold was discovered, oh, really? just being pulled out of the ground, it's just free money. Right. Essentially what it is. I just want to play the side note on printing money by Weinberg, this guy who's an absolute genius, invented high-frequency trading. He is just a commentator, and uh, you can take it or leave it firepower the Eurozone has to fight the crisis. According to the founder of High Frequency Economics, Geithner's view hasn't changed. Only cold, hard cash will make a difference. 
He's going to tell them the same thing he told them a few months ago when they threw him out of the room, which is that you have to address this problem with real money on the table, and the central bank has to be an important part of that. Well, Weinberg also says the ECB should adopt a policy that prints as much money as it can. Yeah, Twelve well, months ago, this Ireland... Is this is exactly what uh, Sarkozy wants, but Merkel wants nothing of it. She wants uh, the, the, the austerity measures. I don't blame her because Germany had will, the experience. Yeah, they'll pay for it, though. They had the Weimar experience. They had have a they had a problem before with hyperinflation, which was completely out of control in the in the uh, 30s, and. Um, they still remember that, and they're freaky yeah. about it. They don't get it that you know you can you can control this stuff a little better. Uh, I mean, yeah, but, it goes but out you of, have to understand control but, here and there. Yeah, hold on a second, John. It's in the Lisbon Treaty, which you know I read. In the Lisbon Treaty, it specifically states the European Central Bank may not be used to inflate to bail out other countries. That is that is the problem. So they have to go into a, they have this is what the whole debate is about is if you want to change the treaty, then everybody has to agree to it. And uh, the Brits and, and the Irish, at least those two, will have to have a referendum. And of course no one wants the referendum because everyone said no way, we don't want to be slaves. So this is they're trying to slip it through somehow and come up with some fuzzy language so that they don't have to get sign off on from everybody because it was agreed to in the documents no inflationary measures for bailouts. That's the problem. That's the core issue. Well, it's interesting to read the uh, article in The Economist about the real differentiation between Sarkozy and Merkel, which it turns out to be philosophical. Huh. Who would have figured that out with the Germans and the French? Really? I mean, I always thought they thought exactly the same. Really? But whatever the case, is a very good article you can read. And after I read it, because they have basic philosophical problems, because the problem is when people start to... Uh, to uh, Fix a, a, the treaty. They would, you know, you, it's not. It's like the bills that we have. You know, the thing about the the farm animals in that one thing. It's like they <laughs> start what, mucking with everything. They, they that just would be can't great. change one thing. <laughs> hey, listen, uh, hey, Angela, Angela, hello, it is Nicola here. Listen, listen, Angela, I let you change the treaty if you let uh, us uh, uh, sodomize farm animals. This is a new thing in America. They're trying. <laughs> Nicola, Nicola, this is that cannot be true, Nicola. Nicola, really, really? I thought you were already doing that. <laughs> so, uh, hey. so the point is, so I've I read this, and I I would advise people to read it if they have the the wherewithal. It's online, and ever since I read that, and it's and I've noticed as time goes by, every time I see the two of them together. Their body language is astonishing. Oh, the BBC He's looking away. Oh no, She's dude! Got a grimace. The BBC had a report. I have it linked in the show notes. This is when Angela went to uh, to France, and she goes to. So this is how it works, right? This is old school. Sarkozy has her beat because, of course, she's German. She doesn't have the finesse. So she sticks out her hand to shake his hand. He then grabs her shoulders, big power move, and kisses her, right, in the, the, the douchebag elite politician kiss. And then they're walking up the steps, and then he turns her for the pictures for the press. So, oh, yeah, total power move, total power move, showing that he's in charge of the meeting. It, it was astounding to watch. Wow, she at least brushed off George Bush when he tried to like give her a neck massage. Remember that one? <laughs> that, yeah, what an idiot. 
<laughs> Come here, Angela. Angela. Angela, baby. Come here, baby. Let me, let me give you a little neck massage. <laughs> Superwank.com. Meanwhile, uh, Greece... This is not going to turn out well. Meanwhile, Greece is uh, celebrating. Big celebration on uh, January 2nd. Uh, Greece will be releasing... Really? I don't think so. What is that? <laughs> Dealer services. Some, you know, uh, don't get me started. Greece is celebrating on January 2nd. They will be uh, releasing a special 10th anniversary Euro coin. <laughs> How blind are these guys? That's hilarious. <laughs> I guess, by the way, if you can get me one, please. I'd love to oh, have. Oh, yeah. I, I want one, too. Oh, my goodness. How beautiful is that? So uh, apparently, uh, every it's a it's a rotating thing, and every country will have uh, their turn at a special tenth uh, anniversary Euro coin. But Greece starts on January second. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> Before they turn to drachmas. Meanwhile, in Italy, this is great video, and I'll just I'll just play a little bit of the audio. The minister of pensions, who of course now has to just like Portugal, where the the Portuguese government said, "Hey." Um, we took your pensions to pay off the banks. Hope you don't mind. <laughs> and everyone's like, what? what? What did you say? Yeah. Excuse me? So the same thing's happening in Italy. And listen. She's choking up. She's crying. She's literally, she's sobbing. She can't talk. Cameras are flashing. And then the douchebag takes over. She's literally sobbing that she has that she's going to steal the pensioner's money. Oh, yeah. Oh, this is just the beginning, man. This is this is really not going to be fun. No, no, it's not. And it's not going to be fun for us either. No, it's not going to be fun for anybody. This is a disaster waiting to happen and it's going to happen. And I feel really feel for the next. Pre I mean, of course, they're trying to in, in our in here in the U.S. They're obviously trying to put together as much draconian legislation as they can so we can just, you know, round people up without a trial. Yeah, and arrest put them in a FEMA camp. Enemy combatants who have nothing to do with anything except they shake their fists at the, or they complain about the government. I, I can assure you, and I want to remind people out there who contributed to this show, that there is a likelihood that, that criticizing the government could be made illegal. I mean, it's not... Oh, no, it, it will be. Before. It will Woodrow be. Woodrow Wilson put into, into play the alien and sedition laws mm -hmm. that have been revisited every so often in, in short, major occasion. I think Nixon may have had, nah, they may have. But during that era, the Wilson era, it was illegal. To criticize the government. To criticize the government. So if we did this podcast and said, you know, what we, what we normally say <laughs> and played the douchebag thing, one douchebag play, boom. There would be somebody knocking at the door, and we'd be, uh, we'd be fined or arrested or jailed or shot. So but we he, have to do it while we can. So here's the, well, you know, not only that, but we need to save our money. So just support the yeah, show now. That's, that's yeah. a problem. All right. So so here's a funny story. So on, uh, I, I looked it up. No Agenda episode three four four October second. I said, I oh actually I uncovered. The ESM, the European Stability Mechanism. Remember this conversation we had? Probably not. Okay, this thing was signed on July 11th. The 17 euro area countries signed a treaty establishing the European Stability Mechanism, 
which follows the European Council decision of March 25th and builds on Amendment Article 136 of the treaty. And what this thing is, is it forces <coughs> countries to, excuse me, to tax up to, I think it's initially 500 billion euros. So these 17 countries have to come up with 500 billion euros taxing their people and sending them the money to Brussels. Right, this, I do remember okay. this. We've actually, it's been, it's cropped up a couple of times in the conversation. Well, guess what? I'm reading Financial Times. I'm, I'm taking a dump, right? And I'm reading the Financial Times on my that Kindle. That sounds appropriate. Exactly. And I see, and I'm smoking too. I'm smoking. Check this out, because Mickey got a big laugh out of it. I didn't Did think you it was have that your funny. gun with you? <laughs> I was almost complete. Just in case somebody busted in? I should do that. I should have the judge. I got my coffee. I got my smoke. I got my Kindle with the Financial Times. I'm pooping. I got the, I got the fan on, everything. And I read that they're moving the ESM up from 2013 to 2012. So they're actually going to do it. I'm so excited. I go to put my cigarette out between my legs. I burn my penis. That's. I think that's too much information. <laughs> it was. I, I literally. Mickey had to put burn spray on it. Oh, that's. That was <laughs> dumb. Yeah, but that's what happened. I was like, I was like, oh my goodness, look at that. exactly what we predicted. Here it is. They're doing it. They're moving in from 2013 to 2012. Everyone in Europe's going to get taxed because countries have already signed off on it. They took the picture. All that's in the show notes. Three six three dot na show notes dot com. They're all, all the finance ministers are smiling. They just taxed you, and your money's going to Brussels to bail out banks. Well, it shows you that I tell you that, that to summarize, that just it indicates the hazards of smoking. I'm going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh yeah, that'd be fab. Yeah, on No Agenda. We do have a few donors uh, for this show. Uh, show uh, three six three. Martin Anderson in Copenhagen, Denmark. Uh, I don't have a note from him, but he's contributed at 17519. Uh, Baron von Pelsmachers uh, showed up again. Uh, he's our number one patron, as a matter of fact, and he is in in uh, Belgium. Uh, 12611. Uh, in the morning, John Adam, uh, Sinterklaas, Copenhagen, Led Watt, and Min Shunda, Leg Watt, and Min Larja. Thank you, Sinterklaas. <laughs> Wow, I know that I know he's doing a super wank right now. Shall I read it for you? Yeah, we, of course. It's a song, actually. Shall I sing the song for you? Is a song? It's a song. It's a so Sinterklaas. Oh yeah, I want you to sing it. Sinter, well, for the Baron, I'll do anything. Sinterklaas is the Dutch Santa Claus. Sinterklaas kapoentje, leg wat in mijn schoentje, leg wat in mijn laarsje. Dank u, Sinterklaasje. The traditional feast of Sinterklaas, where nice kid. That was good, by the way. Get candy and bad ones. It's better than your, uh, you know, the thing of the, the chicken, the uh, <laughs> Sanko de Mayo thing you do. Uh, the bad ones get hit with a stick by Sinterklaas's black assistants. <laughs> this is <It's>, a, <laughs> they do. They get it. hit by a stick. 
a stick. And, and since you both are well behaved in my book, even though you keep saying that I'm an arms dealer, <laughs> a small donation to keep the best podcast in the universe on the road in these dire economic times. Before my euros are to- totally worthless, by the way, I do want to remind our European listeners to uh, consider that. Uh, and our new Belgium government plucks us like turkeys. Please give some karma to all donors. Uh, just, By the way, uh, uh, the Baron looks like he's got a government finally. Oh, well, that's yeah, good. Belgium, I think, has a... looks like they... I don't think it's, it's signed in, in blood yet, but it looks like they got a government. He wants a, a donor uh, karma. Oh, absolutely. Please. Baron. You've got karma. Don't we have... Uh, uh, we, uh, did we finish up our uh, our Baron von Pelsmacher's palindrome uh, three knighthoods? We nope. Have to we, got to, we got three people that are going to get the... Or two people, and we're still looking for a third. Daniel Bjorkman in Malmo, uh, Sweden, 102. Even though I don't agree with everything you say, really means I agree mostly, but the temptation to write it the other way around to hear Adam's annoying grunt in the background as you read is overwhelming. My mm. promise, I don't know, what is this grunt? You go. I don't oh. know. I have a grunt, apparently. Yeah, I guess so. It's my promise Tourette's. for next year is to better myself. I thought I was going to ask for one last grunt. Maybe you go back to the toilet. You could get it there. <laughs> but I am convinced Adam delivered in the preamble already. This is an early Yule present, so you won't lose faith in your audience while awaiting Yule Day. I really appreciate the new EU segment. It's not really a So we just do it on well, No, off. no, no. We have a jingle. Well, we have a jingle. It's a segment. Oh, okay. So we have a new segment with a jingle. Mm-hmm. Keep it up. New Year's a pay raise day for me. So I hit me with some karma and I will donate the difference of my old and new salary in the first payout. Good Yule from Gitmo Nation. Fermented herring, which sounds just lovely, doesn't it? You've got karma. It's always good. But you know what? It, it's important because, you know, if you turn on the news, you could you could almost guess. You know, now Sperm and Herman's off. So now the only things are Alec Baldwin uh, words with friends. Uh, I was hoping we wouldn't even bring the Ellie Ball joke. <laughs> Newt, it, I Newt, think, but yeah, yeah, no one's talking about what's really going on except us. I mean, I and, and what do we know? We're just dudes. Yeah, we read a lot and we listen to C-SPAN so you don't have to. And now we're actually doing C-SPAN, apparently. <laughs> we're better than C-SPAN. We're making C-SPAN co- uh, uh, material. With bucket sounds. It's great. We have the, the same audio. We do, these guys have got to get a clue about that. Uh, for <laughs> anonymous donor from uh, Dublin. Uh, please promote free Kindle books, Bill Clinton of the Dead Book. Maybe we did this. Yeah, he did. No, he did a double donation, dude. Double shot. Oh, he's got in again. Okay. Well, I want to thank uh, Harry Disco. Uh, William Garms in Hawkins, Texas, 75. Uh, here's hoping for a little karma for a job interview tomorrow. Yeah, absolutely. Here you go. Where is Hawkins, Texas? Karma. I don't know. Look it up on the map. Uh, Eon Gilman in Texas has got a lot of nice Ian. little towns. By the way, the one you want Ian. to visit because there is probably the best uh, chicken fried steak in the country. I believe the town is Rocket, Texas. There's a chicken fried steak place there that is worth driving to just to have the chicken fried steak. So it's not Eon, it's Ian. And, uh, yeah, Ian. And Hawkins is, hold on, I'm zooming out here. Hawkins is, wow. Is it near Rocket? I don't think so. Uh, it's near Winona. <laughs> oh, it's uh, uh, it's uh, south east of Dallas. Uh, too far. Ian Gilman in Rockford, Illinois, 67A, 67.89. John, my name is pronounced Ian. 
Although he's, he's uh, he anticipated. Eon. No, he says Eon right there. Eon. Eon. Oh, Eon. Eon. So you were right. I was wrong. I'm sorry. Eon. I said Eon, and you corrected me, and now I'm, it turns I'm, out I was right to begin with. I'm a douche. With. I'm a douche. Very typical. Although I'm donating right now, do not assume that this is a vote for the discussions on food and drink. It is not. Tell Adam that in Texas, when someone says you are not from around here, are you? The correct response is no. no but I got but here I as got fast, here as, fast, as, fast I could. as I could. Yeah, I know that one. You it's do? A, it's a bumper sticker. I wasn't born I spent, in Texas, but I got here as fast as I could. I spent seven years in Texas, Adam. If you can survive the summer, you should be fine. I would like some... <laughs> it can get hot. <laughs> but it's, it's a dry heat. Yes, I would is. like some it general is. karma, no specific problems, just a bunch of annoyances. Keep up the good work with the best podcast in the universe. You've got karma. So I will say, John, just because he doesn't want it, uh, we went to uh, the Melting Pot, which is a fondue restaurant. Have you ever been to a proper fondue restaurant? Uh, actually, as a matter of fact, there used to be a place called the Melting Pot in Berkeley really? when I was in college, and it continued to exist for about 15 years, and I, I went there often. So check this out. We First, we had, because uh, the tables are basically you know fondue uh, stoves. First, we had uh, cheese, which was just like, you know, with, with Sam Adams beer, and it's like you can choose all these different spices. Then we had, they have a broth which was a spicy, like uh, Mexican spicy broth, and, and you use that to heat up your meat and your shrimp and your chicken. And then after that, chocolate fondue. 30, 30, 30 bucks a person. The so, whole thing? Yeah, steel. Hmm. Including wine and uh, in a box. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, Vector Research in Langley, British Columbia. Didn't we do this already? Sixty. Oh, it's his third time donating. This time because my fourteen-year-old daughter Kira said, "You need to donate to No Agenda and get me some karma." <laughs> it's like some kids want a bike, others want karma. This is after she burned her hand cooking. Aw, you give her well, some karma. Yeah, give her some karma. Right. Absolutely. You've got you know Kira. Karma. Take it from me, burning her hand, not quite as bad as other things. She needs the karma because hopefully she, he says your, his, our karma will hold out because over the years she has broke her left wrist, then her right oh, wrist, no. then both wrists, oh, no. and then got her hand bitten by a dog, and now this. Oh, no. That's terrible. That's horrible. Yeah, she's in Langley, yeah. British Columbia. She'll be good for a week. Well, hopefully longer. <laughs> Just be more careful. Really? Alexander uh, Sokovi. In Moscow. Hey, now. I think that's one of our first uh, Russians because you just can't get into Russia. Uh, hello, John Adam. First time donor here. I don't have any special de-douche anything requests, but I thought it would be a good time to donate given the off-the-cliff situation with your income. One thing I'd like to mention is one of the previous shows where you were chuckling about Obama calling Russian President Medvedev, not Med Medvedevedev. The fact of the matter, he says, with a smiley face, yeah, yeah. is that he was correct since he, this is how Medvedev's name is pronounced in Russia with the stress on the last E, Medvedev. You know, I've been emailing with Alexander back and forth for quite a while, and, you know, he'll send me a clip, and then I'll see, you know, he'll send me a clip of someone from, uh, like, Chechnya. Like, that's not Russian, and I'll send him a Russian chick. Uh, from a newscast, and they all pronounce it a little differently. But you know, who am I to argue with? Yeah. Whatever. Okay. Well, he's whatever. a native, so yeah. we'll, whatever the case is, we're not going to pronounce it correctly. Either. No, we're not. No. Uh, 
Zelko Marchek and Velika Gorica. <laughs> I don't know where that is. It right. doesn't have any follow-up here. $60. I want to thank, uh, and I'm sure the pronunciation is off. Uh, Mary Haig in Toms River, New Jersey, 5678. 5678, get it? Mm-hmm. Austin Voss, Calgary, Alberta, double nickels on the dime. Last sp- spoonful of karma I received was has sent its non corporeal fingers through the ether and has brought forth a potential buyer for my house. Oh, beautiful. Which has been up for sale for a while. Nice. I would like a smidge more top of the karmic gas tank <laughs> to top the karmic gas tank and keep up the interest levels. Can no, you here give we go. A little top off. Calgary. You've got karma. Nice. Leonard Papagno, Papagno, or Papagno, uh, in Groveland, Florida, uh, 55 double nickels on a dime. Hello, John and Adam. I've been a listener for about one Omega. <laughs> and it's what it says. I see it. I see it. It's Omega. Yeah. And become a $5 donor a few months ago. I thought it was bullshit at first, but realized that, that when you speak of it, it's the truth. And I thank you, thank you for doing the show. Keep up the great job. And hopefully when finances uh, provide... And when finances provide, I will continue with larger amounts. I know you get asked all the time, but may I please have some karma for my job? I drive a truck, and they installed a drive cam a few months ago, and it's making me a nervous wreck. No more super wank for you. You've got karma. Richard Johnson in Spring Hill, Florida. Double nickels on the dime from him in the morning. Please find double nickels on the dime. Uh, and my third Minuteman donation, I'm edging over so slowly toward my knighthood. I can't wait to have vassals. I never thought about that. What's a vassal? A vassal is a, is a stooge that works for the knight. Oh, of course. Vassals. Yes. Yeah, slaves, we call them. Yeah, slaves. slaves yeah. I find myself really enjoying Adam's new... Or I think they're like valets to a knight. <laughs> they park your car. May I give? May I get your, your, your staff? May I get your sword? <laughs> Can I get your sword? So I find it really. Would you like your hookers Adam's, now or your blow lighter? I would find. I find myself enjoying Adam's newfound freedom at Camp Mofo in the Republic of Texas. The frequent discussions of firearms warms my heart. <laughs> uh, and Adam, get a concealed yep. carry permit. Yeah, we're, we're going. So magic hey, I got. Uh, I got Miss Mickey uh, a Sig P two thirty eight. Well, he would like us to plug guns, holsters, and gear dot com. Cool. Uh, and a shot at karma for his mother because she's unfortunately dying of cancer and he's not going to make it to Christmas. So, Fucking cancer karma. Oh, man. Here you go, mama. You've got karma. Aww. Wow. Ariel Maidana in Buenos Aires, uh, Argentine. The Argentine. Ariel. Ariel Maidana. Uh, Ariel, actually. Ariel. Ariel. 5033. Please pronounce my name like this. R E L, <laughs> with the stress on the last sim- syllable. R E L. Hey, John and Adam, I love your show. Please de douche me and give me some karma. Give him, a, uh, him her a, a combo. No, it's a it's a him. Uh, so I can get laid with this gorgeous Argentine girl I went out with the other night. So oh, this- it's a de douching get laid karma combo. Love that. <laughs> That's very good. You've been de douched. You've got karma. And we'd like to know what happened. Yes. In great send, detail. Send pictures. 183 graphic. Yeah, send some pictures. Uh, graphic design Wayne. We had another guy send us some pictures. It was uh-huh. interesting. Yeah. 
Waynesville, North Carolina, fifty dollars. Uh, crackpot and Buzzkill. No idea how you two oddballs came together, but somehow the combination is completely balanced and flows perfectly. When you get down during slow shows like Thanksgiving, remember that many of us are self-employed and thus also waiting on funds from an erratic basis. On an erratic basis, payments may not reflect the quality of a single show. Never forget that you also have a large army supporting the show in a, in heart as well as dollar. I'll listen to no agenda until the mothership comes for Curry or Dvorak uh, and taps out from too much or when Dvorak or when it comes for you and then I tap out from too much exotic wine here's, and here's our theme song yes yeah well, it's very it's very old hold on it's very soft wait we'll <laughs> get to the chorus <laughs> I should have produced this <laughs> wait Okay, okay, God, that's terrible. Perfect combination. Johnny Gill, Stacy Lattisaw, everybody. Mm. <laughs> Slide whistle, please. Yeah, made me cry. Aaron Havens in Spring, Texas. Hey now, Spring. Fifty dollars. Uh, no longer a boner. This, this, the eighth is my birthday, and my annual review at work. Please send me some karma for the review, which just happens to be during the show. Oh, wow. Good luck with that, then, my friend. You've got karma. And he's on the list. He's just down the street from you. Perryville, Missouri's Adam Miller sends us 15, says, In the morning, John and Adam, I need a karma shop for a girl at work who I had a job job interview, although the interview already happened and is in the bag, so to speak. She is looking at Schrodinger's cat situation and needs karma. Mm -hmm. Well, it means one cat's dead. We all know how the karma works. Even if she doesn't get the new position, she wasn't meant to be there. Something better will be revealed in the near future. Well, this guy's more more mystic than we are. On a side note, my birthday's and we got a birthday shout out. We'll give her some karma and see whatever for whatever reason. He's now uh, you've got karma. I don't know if he notices or not, but he's actually a knight now. Yep. He will be knighted. We, keep, we try to keep track of these things. Yep, Armin Breuer in uh, Vienna. Uh, John and Adam, $50. Here's a shot of value for value, or rather value for karma. Since I'd like to ask for some of my music projects, ask some for my music projects. The issues I've tried in a karma with were all different, and yet they've always worked. So I thought I'd give it another one shot. Keep up the great work. It is important. Thanks. You've got karma. And uh, our buddy Jimmy down at Free Hollow Books. Dot com. Check it out, by the way, freehollowbooks.com. These are, books are fantastic. Thanks, Ray Coolman of Ola, Louisiana, who bought the last signed Adam Curry hollow book. Catch the emergency broadcast system podcast on the NA stream. Credit Paul, the book guy, for this donation toward his knighthood, please. Oh, that's nice, that's Jimmy. You, you know what? Why don't you, uh, do you have any of your old, uh, like, uh, um, like your I have a box. CP- CPM uh, books or something. I have a box of OS2 books. There you go. Can you like sign one or two of those and send them to Jimmy? I'll sign them, all of them and send them out in a box. Because Jimmy would make some awesome uh, free hollow books out of it. They'd be a huge item. I mean, the, the, I think people will pay hundreds of dollars for that. I have boxes. One of the things I always do... Uh, let me get to the last donation. I'll explain something to people who do books. John Terod in Pasadena, California. I want to thank him for 50 because he's uh, trying to help Adam just get by. Thank a you. little fun there. So one of the it. things that we've always done with our book contracts, and I advise people to do this, and nobody pays attention, but I, we still 
yak about it. You have to make sure to put in the contract that you get a box of books. Because these publishers, they'll send you two books. Yeah, you know, eight holes. Yeah, of course. You don't have it. Right. And when you're signing the deal, there's a couple of provisos you want to have in there. But one of them is <coughs> they get a box of books. And they will always sign off on this because it's, it's not a deal breaker. And, but if you don't have the box then of books. Then you don't get signed, it. Then you don't get it. You won't it. get the box of books. No. So I, we've got boxes of books. Different kinds of books, and you know, they're now of course they're in the closet. I give a few away, and then the next the books out of print. Hey, do any of these old and do useless? Any, do so there's these... a big box of books, but I can't just throw out a box of no, books. I've got a book no, no. It's money in the bank, baby. Do you have any with diskettes included? There's yeah, there's a lot of oh. my old uh, telecommunications books. All oh my diskettes. goodness, yeah, that was an instant bestseller, by the way. That's what I heard. <laughs> it says right so on the cover. <laughs> Instant bestseller. It says it on the cover. We want to thank everybody who helps us on the on this uh, podcast and this uh, little thingy of ours. Remind you to go to noagendashow.com, noagendanation.com, dvorak.org slash na and channeldvorak.com slash na. We do have a little jingle that might burn into your brain to help us for the next Dvorak. show coming up. Dot org. Slash N-A. I do have um, a couple of things here. A karma report, John. Hey, 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 everybody. So, and now time, ladies and gentlemen, for a little karma report. This is from uh, Paul from Gitmo East. Hi, John Adams. Just let you know the karma worked. I survived the surgery. I hurt oh, like good. Yeah, I hurt like hell, though. Because if the karma didn't work, we would we never, never know. From, we'd never know. Exactly. Hopefully, I'll be out of bed in a couple of days, hurt like hell, and I can work on just getting by again. But this surgery has essentially saved my life, which means no agenda karma has two. I'm just saying. Paul Good. from Gitmoes. Yeah, fantastic. Love that. Get well soon. Um, Sir Jim Spitzer is a uh, UMass Amherst uh, libertarian and chemistry grad student. Did we all do this? He wanted the karma for withhold Witowski. I think we did that, right? We did that karma. I think so. Right, if not, here's it just in case. I don't want to miss any karma. You've got karma. And, uh, oh, wow. I guess it's time for the birthdays then. Perfect. It's your birthday, birthday, on no agenda. Somehow something happened with the PayPals, as it does happen, so we're really sorry, but we want to give a big no agenda happy birthday to Aaron Adarian's daughter, Gracie, who turned 15, and somehow we messed up on her actual date, but Gracie, happy birthday from Uncle John and Uncle Adam. Aaron Havens congratulates himself uh, celebrating today. Adam Miller, tomorrow is his birthday. And Sir Borislav Marinoff, he celebrated his birthday last Saturday. Happy birthday to all of you from Rodgers here at the No Agenda Show. It's your birthday, yeah. You know, I think naming a girl Gracie is cool. You just know she's got to be cute. Oh, instant classic. Yes, instant, instant oh, classic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I think that, you know, I think a name really. Uh, shapes how how hot you become. I think it does. I think your name will influence the way you uh, look and act. So explain uh, your daughter Jay. Why that name? Mimi insisted. <laughs> I wanted to name her Reed, so her name would be Reed Dvorak. But uh, oh, which is horrible. Everybody a, says that it was name. just horrible to even think. Was that. that the only choice you had? No, there was a, that Mimi had this. Now, J is with an E, right? J-A-Y-E? No, J-A-E. Oh, J-A-E, I'm sorry. Right. Typical hippie name. Well, it's kind of a hippie name. Yeah, that's beautiful, though. And your daughter is beautiful, so it worked. 
JC, so JC, on the other hand, I mean, what can we say? You know, it takes after dad. You know, you it's name it. Name. John is a classic. Yeah, Jean-Claude. Yeah, it's a classic. Exactly. Hey, uh, we got a little knighting to do here, John, so if you wouldn't mind uh, putting down the slide whistle and uh, grabbing your blade there. Adam Miller, I don't know if you even know it yourself, sir, but you have contributed to the No Agenda podcast, the best podcast in the universe, in the amount of at least $1,000, and therefore, we want you to kneel, son, stick out your finger, we're going to slip on a knight ring, and we hereby pronounce thee, Sir Adam Miller, knight of the No Agenda Roundtable. Come on over, buddy, we got your hookers and blow right here, your rent boys and Chardonnay, your booze and hot pants. It's a bonanza on the best podcast in the universe. Wow, you're adding a lot of embellishments to the little speech. Wow, it's a big deal, you know. Someone becomes a knight. It's like it's like a like a bar mitzvah almost. It is it's same like, thing. It's, like, it's more like a bris, actually. <laughs> that's just it's yeah, a matter good. of opinion. Hey, uh, uh, exciting news, John. Uh, this past December, December 1st, uh, and this is an official NASA picture, NASA's stereoscopic spacecraft recorded a wave of electrically charged material shooting out from the sun, blasting mercury. It looks like, as uh, my fellow alien hunters uh, all agree, like a spaceship was uncloaking. <laughs> The mothership is here. Yeah, go ahead. Laugh all you want, my friend. Laugh all you want. Now, no coincidence that on Saturday we have a, uh, a huge lunar eclipse. Lunar eclipse on Saturday. What time does the lunar eclipse begin? 3.33 a.m. PST. Oh, yeah. It's the magic number. It's the magic number. How cool is that? And it'll be uh, visible to observers in the Southwest. Mm-hmm. So uh, does that mean me? I'm out? Yeah, you'll be there. You'll be uh, able I'm, to check it I'm out. kind of Southwest, right? You're in the Southwest. Yeah, I'll be able to see it. 3.33 a.m. So I think we're going to have a combo shot here. Yeah, you won't even get up. Lo- yeah, I will. I will. <laughs> Are you kidding? Because I think the mothership will uncloak and we'll be able to see it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you laugh. Okay, um, then let me uh, let me lift your spirits for a second here, John. Let me lift your spirits. Uh, Penn State. We would call that home of what? Pedophiles. Uh, I'm thinking more an animal. Uh, sheep. <laughs> no, the pedo bear. Oh, pedo bear. Right now, do you think that it is pedo bear or is it pedo bear? Oh, that's a good question, but I think we've always been pronouncing it pedo bear because it's funnier. I think that's also that that is the true. I mean, if you're on the interwebs, it's pedo bear. No one says pedo bear. It doesn't sound. It's not like a pedicure. It doesn't sound right. Pedo bear, right? Yeah, pedo. Well, not according to local news station KRQE. Afternoon, I'm Kim Baez. It looks innocent enough. A cartoon bear with a big smile. But the attorney general says it is a dangerous symbol targeting children. The character known as Pet-A-Bear has recently <laughs> popped up in the city, and authorities say parents need to be on guard. Be on guard. <laughs> News 13 Selena Westervelt has the details from downtown. Come on, Selena. Tell us about Pet-A-Bear. Kim, Pet-A-Bear is a cartoon that on the... <laughs> They're so clueless, these people. Someone said, 
Uh, I can do this report. How do I pronounce it? Uh, it's pedo bear. No, it's not. It's pedo bear, you douche. Internet swipes children and molests them. Now, it has quite the following among what? certain cartoon enthusiasts. But law enforcement what? is... <laughs> Are you listening? Do we story like this about a year ago with some other idiot it's back though and they're doing and yeah no what's it's crazy and they're actually showing uh pictures of like penn state pedo bear bumper stickers and stuff it's great it's it's filled with it but it's so good he's worried that pedophiles are hiding behind the cartoon and victimizing children what? There are pe- this by the way you know tell this me is the same thing this other douchebag said yeah, yeah, no, no. That somehow people who use this joke, is, which is a really a point of ridicule, and uses a symbolic uh, kind of a uh, a comment where you have situations that are sketchy, and you want to say, "Wait a minute, there's something screwy going on." That you, this is used commonly. This is not used by pedophiles. Yes, it is. Yes, behind. it is. It's they, not like they got a big giant thing. In John, you're so it. wrong. You are wrong, 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 wrong. They have an expert. Listen to the expert. People out there after their children, and they are using this cute, cuddly little bear as I, an insignia. Mania comes up with this stuff. Okay, do you want to know what she's an expert in? Because she, she's they have a lower third yeah, chiron. She's an expert in what? E commerce. Oh, <laughs> she's an e commerce consultant. This is Pedo Bear. I love, I love the girls. They make me. <laughs> It's like it's like they got the cartoons going everywhere. What started as a popular Japanese cartoon is now a symbol for unthinkable crimes against children. The bear's cute. The bear is cute. The bear's not but. cute at all. It's creepy. But that is what the pedophiles are using to identify oh. each other. Up. How to identify each other? Ah, hey, do you have the secret uh, pedo bear? Yeah, the secret pedo bear. <laughs> yeah, I got a drawing have, of it. Uh, I got a tattoo of it, man. With the state's attorney general's office says the predators use pedo bear online. He can be placed in children's games to attract them to pedophiles' websites. The New Mexico attorney general's internet crimes against children's unit has received reports this month about the sticker being seen on two cars in Albuquerque. The sticker! One near the University of New Mexico. There's even a shop that makes those stickers in Las Cruces. This This is not simply dark humor. This is not a joke. Attorney General Gary King's office takes this very seriously. We will pursue every lead that we get. For some people, Pedo Bear is a joke. He's a cult-like... I'm looking at you, Dvorak. ...following online, but... I have nothing to do with the Pedo Bear. ...enforcement isn't laughing. They say child predators often hide behind the humor. Pedophiles have been known... Oh, that's good. We're hiding behind the humor. Oh, no. Oh, no. ...to buy the costume of the bear and then wear them to get close to kids... Doing such things as handing out candy. We don't know where he's going to show up. If we can protect just one child, we win. We've done our job. Yes. Oh. Now it's not illegal to display a pedo bear sticker, and the man who sells them in Las Cruces says that pedo bear stickers make up about one percent of his sales. Now listen. Now listen to her tag on the story. It's genius. Tim? Okay, thanks, Selena. Now, law enforcement says if you do see a pet bear image, use caution with whatever situation you're in. <laughs> if you see a pet bear sticker, use caution with whatever situation you're in. <laughs> oh, people. Well, to me, this is uh, marginalizing the actual problem. Of course. 
course it is. And making it, this is the same thing as, you know, making peeing in the park a sexual crime. Thank you. And, uh, you know, showing somebody sh- uh, mooning, uh, you know, a passing bus a sexual crime and putting people on sex, sex offender uh, crime, list. Uh, yeah, sex offender list, list whatever yeah. they're called. What are they? Yeah. It's a sex yeah. offenders list. Yes. Uh, to cover up whatever really bad stuff is actually happening, like with Sandusky, for example. Uh, and, and just marginalize everything. So make everything like, oh, this, you know, just create a, a smokescreen. Everybody knows the pedo bear, what it is and why, why it's used. It's, 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 a, it's a point of ridicule. And it's not used by, I don't even think the half of pedophiles that would be hanging out in the park, for example, even know what this thing is. It's really an internet joke. Hello, pedophiles don't hang out in the park. They uh, are in uh, government. Well, there you have it. But whatever the yeah, probably in the New Mexico offices there. <laughs> I mean, it seems to me that they're making a big stink about something for some. Why? What is the real? Uh, what is the real agenda of, of this TV station and that district attorney's office or whatever? I think there's something. Very I think fishy. It's fishy. Very fishy. Well, something else is going on in New Mexico. New Mexico State University, Las Cruces, right near the white sands of Las Cruces. Did you know that they actually provide drone? piloting courses wow yeah and um and this was and you know we were looking at the uh, at the jobs act which of course completely dead remember that whole bandwidth thing we were uh, we were talking about and i thought it was for at&t or something so the uh, the guy who runs the the program there doug davis director of the unmanned aircraft program at new mexico state university says um there are technical obstacles why we can't have fully automated planes. So this, of course, is about he's not talking about drones. He's talking about regular airlines. He says the civilian variety can't communicate with ground stations because they don't have enough bandwidth. There's not enough frequency spectrum. We have to compete for it with all these mobile phones and other demands. Ho, ho. So maybe that 700 megahertz spectrum that Obama wants to put into the domain is about drones. There's something fishy going on. And let me play the clip. And I don't know if you picked up on this, but but this uh, the clip of the FAA administrator being picked up for, oh, yeah. for alcoholism. You have to remember yeah. that this guy was uh, the head of the Pilots Asso- Union or Pilots Association. This was and the douchebag a- who we played a clip from earlier. Remember that? he was he, He's totally on board with the whole drone thing. We played- well, he seems to be. I'm not absolutely sure what's going on. Who took him out? Who took him out? out yeah. But he, he has been taken out uh, of the picture for one reason or another. Uh, and it, this drunken driving thing is, is, there's something screwy about it because... If you play the clip, and then I'll tell you what I think is nuts about it. And we have breaking news tonight. Just before airtime, we learned that the head of the Federal Aviation Administration has stepped down. Days after Randy Babbitt was arrested for drunk driving, he is out. ABC senior justice correspondent Pierre Thomas has the latest on this developing story. Pierre? George, Randy Babbitt resigned today, and it's pretty much because the facts dictated that he had to go. The FAA chief was arrested Saturday, and he was not just driving under the influence. The police report stated that he was driving on the wrong side of a busy Virginia highway at 10.30 Saturday night. It's the holiday season, and at that time of night, that road is usually really crowded. 
the FAA is under the Transportation Department, which has made drunk driving a priority. And his arrest comes as a difficult moment for the FAA, which oversees the safety of the nation's airports. This year, air traffic controllers have been caught literally sleeping on the job. And George Babbitt apparently did not notify his bosses until Monday afternoon, nearly two days after the incident. Not good. And with that, the storied career of the former president of the Air Pilots Association came to a screeching halt. But there was no way he could stay. Okay, Pierre, thanks very much. Not a okay, couple of things. There's no way he could stay. Breaking news, ABC, you know, suspect operation. And the breaking news thing. It's like, what? Is, this is a national news break. They don't have break. This is not like the local news. We have breaking news. Ladies and gentlemen, so we have it, breaking news. Breaking news. Watch out. Breaking news. Guy drunk. So... So I'm thinking he was drugged to get him out of the picture because he's driving at this at 1030 at night. He didn't turn to report until Monday when it's actually a work day. He was he supposed to report over the weekend? I don't think so. Whatever the case was, he is driving on the wrong side of the road at 1030. This is not even like two in the morning, one in the morning where somebody could really be plastered. This guy's either got a really bad drinking problem and he should have been caught sooner or he was drugged hmm. and then shoved in his car. And now he's driving on the wrong side of the road. I mean, this whole thing is just just reeks of a setup and he's done. And I don't know who set him up. If it was like the one side of the debate or another, but the fact of the is the fact of the blather the fact is is that he was this is not a, this story is uncommon this is not just some drunk guy he was pushed he was pushed out of this job for some reason i'm looking him up now at the search.nashownotes.com and uh, so we have a couple stories on him as indeed you know when the controllers were falling asleep here we have the uav conference 2011 participants, Afghanistan. I think he was at the, I think we had a clip of him talking about, you know, how, we, you know, you're right. There's something very, very fishy going on. And I think the guy's lucky. Seriously? Maybe, as they, well, maybe he wasn't. Maybe they were trying to kill him. Maybe he <laughs> maybe just. They didn't, they didn't manage it. Maybe he's auditioning for. Win, lose, or drone. That's right, Randy Babbitt. Come on down. Stop driving on the other side of the road, my friend, because you can get a drone up your a-hole. It's time for you to play... Win, lose, or drone! Let's uh, meet our lovely contestant, Randy. He had to go. <laughs> had to go. Well, let's uh, we'll keep our eye on the bandwidth thing, though. I thought that was very interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. They're not going to get pull this off. What? Uh, oh, no, I think they're really going to try. Uh, it's, I think it's just going to be a money sink. It's the way to collect money from the suckers. Anything in the Times about Syria? Yes, actually, Ooh. I do have the Times with me. Goody, goody, goody. Uh, where'd it go? There it is. Goody, I goody, think. goody. So the front page of the New York Times today is a blog of it. Uh, Looking contrite. <laughs> yes, looking screwed. <laughs> totally screwed. Uh, thing on Britain suffering as bystanders, the Euro crisis, the British want to have more of an input into what, uh, how they get screwed by the EU. Hmm. Um, and then we go, there's nothing on the front page at all, as usual. Oh, and then we go to the international news, deep, deep, deep into the paper. And we do have climate. There's an interesting climate talk story is floating around now who cares the, 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 the big stories and these are inside 
There's the the drone crash. Yeah. Uh, Libyan civilians hold on to deadly legacy. Mm. Uh, and here it is on page. It's moved up from. Oh. I think it was on page 16 last time. Okay. And it was below the fold. Now it's up to page eight Ooh. above the fold. Under siege, Syrian government officials deny role and refuse to budge. Now, this is why this is interesting, because uh, Lucifer said the following. Syrian opposition, as represented here, uh, recognizes that Syria's uh, minorities have legitimate uh, questions and concerns about their future. So she's talking about the Syrian opposition who apparently she now talks with. And there is indeed a Syrian National Council, just like the Libyan National Council, the Transitional National Council. Um, they have no website, John, but they do have a PDF. And there's like 40 guys on this council. Huh. No, sorry, 60. No. 71 guys on the council. And, you know, I, and I started to Google these guys. Forget about it. Ibrahim Al Youssef. Well, there's like 8 million of those guys on Facebook. Ahmad Ramadan. Really? Ahmad Shaker. Uh, Badr Yamus. Jan Abdallah. Jamal Al Wadi. I mean, so you can't, you just not, you can't yes, get anything. Google is completely useless. I can't yeah. get because I'm All sure Jim Smith, basically. Yeah, really. Luai Safi, Omar Idlibi, Afra Jalabi. I mean, it's impossible. And you know, this is just one here. Moti Al Batin. Come on, you Google that. It's just you, know, you get nothing. And, you know, they have no website. So, so I think now that we have page eight above the fold, we have Lucifer meeting with them. I think uh, a website is in the make. Yeah, there'll be a website. There's something uh, there. I think they're holding back on uh, actually going ahead with anything after what's happening in Egypt, which is a disaster that is not being reported at all, except on. And I do have the unreported uh, Egyptian election votes. Uh, do you, before I run this, do you know how the elections came out in Egypt? There was voting, you know. Yes, uh, they held it back. They, well, play the unreported Egyptian election <laughs> votes. Yeah, they had they had the results, but they said we're not going to tell you, slaves. So they told now, them. Now, final results from the first round of Egyptian elections show Islamist parties winning a strong majority. The Muslim Brotherhood's Freedom and Justice Party won forty percent of votes. In second place is the hardline Salafist Al-Nur party on 24%. And the liberal coalition group Egyptian Bloc has 13% of the votes. You know, this is actually quite funny. 13% of the votes, in other words, are the normal, you know, the liberals, as it were. Those other two parties are extreme Islamist groups, especially the ones that got the 24%, the, extreme, the Salafists. Yeah. Those guys are nasty. That's the Wahhabists. And so you've got a basic, essentially a basic takeover of Egypt by exactly what we didn't want mm -hmm. or we did want, mm -hmm. uh, which are these uh, these very aggressive uh, pro-Islamist uh, create a, a, a Sharia government attack Israel group. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I didn't hear about that anywhere. No, it's not interesting. Anderson Pooper is no longer in Tahrir Square. Because it's, you know it's, it's all everyone had to go to Russia to go and uh, try and uh, rig the elections there. Well, while we're on the topic, mm. 
Apparently, the Russians had a uh, bunch of riots that seem to be unreported. And this is also from Al Jazeera, which is Riots in Russia clip. And this is the clip that has the music behind it. There was no music behind the last clip you just listened to, but there's music behind this one for some reason. Police in Russia's two largest cities have arrested dozens of protesters, rallying for a third day against what they say were rigged elections. Mikhail Gorbachev, the last leader of the Soviet Union, says that the Kremlin should annul the results. I'll bet you that's some kind of nationalistic uh, song that's supposed yeah, to get maybe. you. Yeah, they may have been sitting around somewhere, but yeah. whatever the case, uh, Gorbachev <laughs> says they should annul the results. I don't yeah. remember hearing this from Did anywhere. you see that Chechnya uh, had uh, 99.5% uh, of the vote? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. A turnout... 99.51% of the voters turned out to vote. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay, sure. <laughs> and then Fox is a funny uh, video. They showed uh, the rioting. Fox showed it. But the video that they show, uh, they cut in a protest with footage of riot police with, uh, you know, that's supposed to look like Russia. Uh, but you see uh, palm trees on the street. <laughs> they just cut in some other riot footage. Hey, hey, buddy, we got I don't have enough B-roll on this riot. Let's. Uh, what you got there? I got some some crap from somewhere, man. Yeah, it looks kind of smoky. You won't see the palm trees. Use it. <laughs> yeah, let's roll with it. <laughs> Stupid television people. You think you can get anything by us? I don't think so. We're on the job. So I also have a uh, as a sidelight. The turn on your sidelight. JC uh, is pals, you know the, that age group. There's a meme going around saying that the entire Herman Cain campaign was a was a parody. That the whole thing is a comedy act. Oh, is this done, the, the Pokemon thing? Well, I got the Pokemon clip, which you can play. It's Cain in the Pokemon movie. Mm. You can play that quickly. Right. You know, Herman Cain seemed to sense that his supporters needed something to lift their spirits, which is what led to Herman Cain saying the greatest nine words ever spoken by an American politician. I believe these words came from the Pokemon movie. So he mentions that there's a bunch of crazy stuff that he did, the 999, the showing up late on the bus, all these things, a big giant bus with his head on the side. He mentions that there's a belief that this may be, the whole thing may have been a put on because he started the campaign with a SpongeBob clip (laughs) and talked about, and he quoted SpongeBob. And if you start looking, you get a, a different impression of the entire campaign if you... Think of it, the whole thing as a as a as actually a creation of a performance art, as it were, mm-hmm. from the get go. Well, I can see it being a possibility. Not just that; I think it's the it's the elites laughing in our face, just like look at what we can do with these stupid people. We can make them turn the clocks forward and backward, and we can make them believe this guy is actually going to run and win uh, and become president. Let's put some stupid crap in there, like I don't know. Whole bunch of nines upside down at six six six. Put SpongeBob. And put any hat. But let's. Hey, I know what. Let's have him wear a crazy cowboy hat. And then <laughs> the and, hat. And then let's have you know like this really. 
really hot chick say that he pushed his her head into his crotch, and then uh, I know, I know. Let's have him have a thirteen year year affair with an ugly chick. <laughs> this is great. This is really funny. That's what's going on. I believe that. I'm totally on board with that theory. I, I I'm. Leaning in that direction. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and Newt Gingrich is the same thing. Well, it's a possibility. Whatever the case, it's a farce. Listen, we, we, we needed this. We had thir- we have 30 debates. And now that he's out of the way, who's the next best thing next to SpongeBob and the Pokemon? Donald Trump. Yeah, Trump's a clown. It's totally, it's totally perfect. Makes so much sense. Yeah, I'm buying it. I'm, I'm right there. So what do you make out of this story? Hmm. This one here seems like a, a some sort of a setup for some disinformation, misinformation, something or other. I have not really been able to figure it out. But play this. The clip is summarized. It's Gaddafi in Mexico plot foiled. Oh, yeah. 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 A plot's been uncovered to smuggle one of Muammar Gaddafi's sons to exile in Mexico. Mexican authorities say that they foiled the scheme to get Saadi Gaddafi, the third son of the former Libyan leader, and other members of his family to a resort in Mexico. Frank Contreras reports. Muammar Gaddafi's son, Saadi, is known for his preference to life's luxuries. And this beach resort on Mexico's Pacific coast would have fallen into that category. According to Mexican authorities, the tranquil shores of Bahia Banderas is where the former professional soccer player and his family plan to live out their lives in secret. Mexico's interior minister announced how those plans had been spoiled and outlined the details involved in the alleged plot. The plan to illegally smuggle Mr. Gaddafi and his family into our country first consisted of providing them with fake Mexican identities. This was a successful Mexican intelligence operation. At least three suspects, including a Canadian businesswoman, were arrested in November for allegedly hatching the illegal plan in which Saadi Gaddafi and his family would fly in a private jet from Western Africa to Mexico. The plot also included secret bank accounts, allegedly set up to buy Mexican properties that would have been turned into safe houses for Saadi Gaddafi. The 38-year-old son of the late dictator has been living under house arrest in the West African nation of Niger. Interpol has issued an arrest warrant for his alleged role in ordering security forces to kill Libyan rebels. Yeah, this is obviously to uh, make the Mexican authorities look good in light of Fast and Furious. Uh, I can't see it any other way. I, that's initially what I think too, but there's other elements to this that don't make any sense. Of course, like of course, uh, Gaddafi's under house arrest, but he's going to fly out, right? Private that, jet, just that alone. And then what, what? It's like he can go to if he can get out of the country at all. He can go to there's there's non extradition areas. That he can go and get political asylum. I believe you can still do that in Paraguay or Uruguay or Argentina, and he could always go there. So this whole thing is just bogus, bogative. Yes, even worse. So, Jay, and, uh, I'm sorry. I just don't. I mean, I, I just found the whole thing to be. It went odd. nowhere, but it went nowhere. These are trial balloons. You no, know, they, they, they float it, stuff. It, it got and, no traction. No, I, I was no. amused by it. I thought they were trying to get some attention. They, it just didn't get anywhere. But it was, it was interesting. What a lame approach it was. It wasn't very well executed. No, it's horrible, horribly dumb. But it, it's a trial balloon. It's like the. Um, 
Like the guy who tried to assassinate the president and leaving his gun behind. and uh, Oh, the guy that shot at the White House. That's, a, that's just a trial, man. That's that never got anywhere either. No, but that's just, it, they just want to see how long it lasts, you know, and that died off 72 hours later. Boom, it's gone. That's the news cycle. Never hear about the guy again. He's back in Langley. Yeah, where is back in Langley? <laughs> he's, got a, he's got a haircut now. And yeah. he's, back his office. he's back at his desk. <laughs> It's all groovy. It's not a problem. You know, it's, everything's good. Now, um, the not-so-drunk Irish IT engineer, Jamie Murphy, sent me um, uh, sent me an article that kind of blew me away. Because, you know, I'm a big believer in the earthquake machine and, uh, and my original theory on uh, Fukushima Daiichi is that uh, this is China who, uh, who created a, a tsunami uh, wave. For a whole bunch of reasons, and uh, by the way, if you and, and, and looks more and these days it's looking more and more like it was a nuclear explosion. If you look at all of the size seismographs, all the all the data, it doesn't look at all like an earthquake. It looks like a boom, a big explosion. But that's neither here nor there. But Bill Gates confirmed. When is this from? This is from yesterday, I think. Uh, no, from today that he is in discussions with China to develop. To jointly develop a new and safer kind of nuclear reactor, and this is with uh, he's doing this with his Washington State-based company Terra Power, which you may be familiar with, John, having some some residents up there. Uh, Terra Power says its traveling wave reactor would run for decades on depleted uranium and produce significantly smaller amounts of nuclear waste than conventional reactors. Here's what Gates said. All these new designs are going to be incredibly safe. They require no human action to remain safe at all times. And he said, they benefit from the ability to simulate earthquake and tidal wave conditions. Hello. What? Yes. What is he referring to? That the company that he invests they have in. the ability, or the company has the ability to earthquake. What? I'll, I'll repeat exactly what he says. They have, they also benefit from an ability to simulate earthquake and tidal wave the conditions. The reactors benefit from the ability? Mm-hmm. How does, the, how does a, a, a depleted uranium... Uh, well, nuclear it's not, reactor. It's called, hey, hello. The thing. What it's called? The <clears throat> what is it? The traveling wave reactor. Please, don't you see what's going on, John? Bill Gates is in the middle of the whole earthquake wars. <laughs> That's a good one. You've topped yourself. <laughs> you, you laugh and you make me laugh, but I actually mean it. We have a winner. <laughs> All right, I think we got to get out of here. Uh, I got one more thing we can do before you do it. Uh, you can play this clip on top of the music. Okay. See if you can pick up on the new terms for what a Hooter restaurant is called. <laughs> okay. Several class action lawsuits against Hooter says he's reached a settlement with several of the Sacramento area restaurants and bars. <laughs> Did she say restaurants? She said restaurants. Restaurants. <laughs> That's a good one. Breastaurants.com. Like like yeah, we should get that website. We should get the website. Re- yeah, somebody out there. Breastaurants. Breastaurants. Hooters, Breastaurant, Breastaurants. Just Breastaurants. Breastaurants. That's good. 
Hey everybody, coming to you from Camp Mofo here in the uh, capital of the Lone Star State, the great state of Tejas. In the morning, I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley where that crazy fog came and went in the in the time of the show. It's weird. Mm. But I'm uh, in California still. I'm John C. Dvorak. We will be back again on uh, Sunday with another episode of the best podcast in the universe right here on No Agenda. And of course, remember, we have that end of show clip from John Stewart coming up. Adios, mofos! wacky provisions got folded into this year's bill. The provisions authorize the indefinite military detention of American citizens who are suspected of involvement in terrorism, even those captured here in our own country, in the United States, which I think should concern each and every one of us. Yes. (laughs) I agree with you. (laughs) That is somewhat concerning. A, A bill that allows the government to lock up an American citizen indefinitely without a trial (laughs) thus apparently nullifying the fourth amendment of the constitution i can see why seven senators voted against it um i would have thought we had like nine or baker's dozen but all right um can only imagine though the senate debate on the bill was pretty pitched we have approximately a half hour on each side i'm wondering how much uh senator graham Need. Ten minutes, is that too much? Five minutes? Could you do five minutes? Okay. Seven. Uh, we have, I think, seven speakers on this side. Okay, well, I'll try to be quick. Try to do eight minutes? Would that be yeah, all? Yeah, I'll try to I'll try to do as quick as I can. I can eliminate that freedom in six minutes. I can eliminate that freedom in five. Eliminate that freedom. Each side in this debate had half an hour. For the debate on eliminating one of the most basic protections of citizenship, we were Require at least, at least the running time of two broke girls. <laughs> Including commercials. This is not a banana republic. <laughs> Would it be enough time to make the case against the bill? Rand Paul of Kentucky. Go. Detaining citizens without a court trial is not American. Oh, I didn't even click the start button yet. <laughs> well, that's a pretty persuasive case. Against? What's the case for? The senator from Kentucky wants to have a situation prevail where people are released and go back in the fight and kill Americans. That's, he's right, he's entitled to that opinion. Yes, that's what he wants. That is the Jewish grandmotheryist argument I have ever heard for indefinite detention of American citizens. If the senator from Kentucky wants that uh, bad people should be able to kill us, he's entitled to his opinion. I, I think they shouldn't, but what do I know? I'm just, I'm just an old man with anger management issues. I don't know. Speaking of Jewish grandmothers, what does Senator Carl Levin think of this bill? Al-Qaeda's at war with us. They brought that war to our shores. Do you think we want to keep Americans in prison forever? Of course we don't. This hurts us more than it hurts them. (laughs) All right, let's hear a less uh, Jewish argument. We're facing an enemy, not a common criminal organization who will do anything and everything possible to destroy our way of life. 
so we're going to destroy it before they can get their hands on it. Yes, here's a little one. You come on up. Come on up. Dvorak.org slash N-A.